And shepherds we shall be, for thee, my Lord, for thee. Power hath thy descended from thy hand, and feet may quickly carry out thy command. So we shall flow a river forth to thee, and teeming with souls shall it ever be. In nomine Patri e Fili e Spiritu Santi. Welcome, everybody, to the cinema sit down. What a dramatic intro. It I loved it. Ominous. God, yes. I've got chills. Look, feel I my neck. <laughs> feel my neck. Oh, ooh. There's goosebumps everywhere. Everywhere. Oh, my God. Your tattoo's moving. Okay, you can stop feeling his neck now. Yeah. yeah. Now everyone knows you have a <laughs> neck tat. Damn it, Jerry. All right. But uh, welcome back. Yeah. See the cinema sit down. Just Hello, FYI, everyone. that was the first okay. time all of us have ever read that out loud together. It's not the first time. Don't lie. No. We've never... We read it, it for about before. 20 minutes before we did this, and you kept laughing because I did it in an Irish accent. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, can you give us one line in the Irish accent? And shepherds we shall be, for thee, my lord, for thee. <laughs> <laughs> I maintain, if we could have all done oh the same accent, we should have committed. It wouldn't have worked, though. You know he wouldn't have, have gotten through good, it. Yeah, no, uh, I couldn't. I don't know if I could do that. Some of us don't have good Irish accents. <laughs> I don't know if I do. I, <laughs> I'm open to comments. <laughs> yes. I do have a question before we start. <coughs> Far away. <laughs> You got any announcements this week? Oh, yeah. Oh. Sure? I don't know. I don't know. We're asking you. You, you caught me on the fly, yeah. Yeah, oh, no, I mean, if you oh, have any announcements. Oh, this is becoming a bit, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I will get that Sure, in. I have an announcement. I got a fucking announcement. <laughs> um, sorry that trumpets. we're a week behind. You know, that's... Uh, yeah. It's just one of those things. Things get in the way. And uh, we 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 try And we try and move around it and keep things going but yep. uh we're recording now we got it and that's all i'll say and can i have a chicken nugget oh where are they they're right in front of you they're trapped yeah. in the center of the table we have chicken nuggets we do we're trying to not to be uh crunchy. i ate about 47 yeah. so feel free to like yeah. keep it away from me for thank now. you thank you that's that's about it really i mean um <laughs> So no you major know, announcements, but... No major ones, but, you know, thank you, know. you again for joining in. Thank you for hosting. Thank you for the White Claw. Yeah, you're welcome. The thank libations. You. Daniel brought chicken welcome. nuggets because we, we're done with crunchy foods. So. Yeah, and we're all hungry. Yes. I didn't even think about that, but that's a good point. Nuggies yeah. are definitely Nuggies. <laughs> not a yeah, crunchy they're food. definitely good. They're good for that. Um, today's movie, if you didn't know by the now intro... You know. We're doing the Boondock Saints. Yeah, we are. And this is my pick. Um, my pick. <laughs> my uncle texted me and said, you know, hey, you should do the Boondock Saints. Yeah, why not? I have the tattoo. My brother has the tattoo. My brother loves this movie. So and now I have the tattoo. This movie's. Uh, oh, my God. This movie is. And you know, our whole family loves this movie. It's a great movie. Why do you love it? Tell me why. Um, I'm a big justice guy. Like I don't street know. justice? Vengeance? I'm a more... Vigilante justice, Jerry? Kind of. I like those type of movies or shows. Like, I like Dexter or, okay. you know... It's okay for me to jump in here. Yeah. Jerry loves yeah, a please. revenge story. He yeah. does? John Wick. You uh, like... Oh, you did yeah. like John Wick. John Wick's one of my favorite... If you haven't seen, you know, heard that, that movie's great. And we did a podcast on it. We did. So you guys should go check that out if you haven't. That's how I pitched <clears> you on watching that... Um, Elliot Page movie, Hard Candy. Oh, Hard like, Candy was I told awesome. You I was we like, should do that movie. A That's a good movie. movie. It was great. I told him I was like, it's a revenge movie, and I think you're going to like the protagonist, which I think the protagonist is Elliot Page. Am I wrong? Oh, he's the guy. No, you're not wrong. And she's like, er, That's a good cause. She in the, in the movie. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, yeah, whatever, they, however they, it goes. But yeah, that's how I pitched it. And I was like, I think you're going to really like this. One of his, one of Jerry's favorite movies. Yeah, I think right? we should cover it because yeah, I, 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 wanted, I, I love that it's movie. It's been years since I've you seen it. You showed me that movie. Oh, yeah. It's a good one. Um, it was jarring years? the first time I watched it. I just didn't years? know what to expect. Weddings. We Weddings. definitely need to watch that one. Yeah. It's good. Weddings. 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 Um, so... A little bit about Boondock Saints. Hit it. Word. After an altercation with the Russian mob, brothers Connor and Murphy McManus decide to avenge the world of its evil together. Boondock Saints came out in 1999. It's rated R. It's one hour and 48 minutes, which is goes by very quickly. I might it does. Add. Super quick, yeah. Written by Troy Duffy, directed by Troy Duffy. Yeah. Starring um, Troy Duffy. Yeah. <laughs> Starring Troy Duffy. He's in um, it. Do you guys know anything else he's done? I didn't look it up. Uh, so no, but I know that this came from um, a, a somewhat real-life incident involving Troy Duffy yeah, while somewhat. he was a bartender. It, somewhat. Yeah. I mean, let's not go too far, but yeah. Um, no, it's not even trivia, ready, actually. Can, yeah. We can jump into it. Let's Camera's do it. rolling. All right, let's do it. Let's get this priest. So we open up the movie in a Catholic church, um, a, a really pretty one i might add um i'm I love not the churches are pretty i don't go to church like regularly or anything but i have a large appreciation for like a beautifully crafted church you know you feel me anyway this is one of those i know what you're saying yeah and you, he, you, you hear me knocking yeah. let me in and the opening lines that we're hearing are the prayer that they say over and over again is that correct or is this just a sermon? i think it's just a sermon yeah okay. from the priest yes. gotcha so we open up on is a sermon um, what did you say? The Bible. Oh, the Bible. I heard that wrong. Yeah. Back to the movie. The movie. <laughs> Can we get some topic? I am the French formula. No. Uh. Formula. We did Talladega Nights. Go listen to that. Shameless plug. Yeah. But we open up in this church. We've got some dialogue from the Reverend Pastor. Priest. Priest. One of them. <laughs> the lead guys. Eventually. And then we From the DJ. Priest. We see these two guys, which are definitely like the black sheep of this whole like congregation. And they suddenly get up in the middle of the sermon. They go up to the front pedestal. What do they do? They kiss Jesus. They, they get the body of Christ. Body the, of Christ. The, the yes. Oreo. Say their their prayer, and then they are on their way. A special cookie. While uh, an ominous sermon um, about good and evil is being told by and lots them. of slow motion. There's a lot of slow motion in this movie. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of slow motion and fades to black. Um, yes. fade, the fading to black is like, oh my god, nineties. This just, is like just, a kid's middle school PowerPoint presentation. Is that the it's drinking true. game? Well, every time it's, it fades every to time black. there's a fade out. Drink every time there's a slow mo walk. Drink. You sound like Doc. Make make like a tree. I love the bar. Oh, we'll get we'll get to him. He's one. He's a good character. So one thing I do kind of love about this movie, and it might be cheesy. I don't think other people like it, but the two guys that we saw walking through the church, they go outside. They simultaneously whip out their cigarettes, light them in sync, and then take their first puffs together. Have we said that they're brothers? Very like cinematic. I don't know if it's like cheesy, but I kind of like that. Oh, have, have we, we said that they're brothers? Isn't there and, like and it faded to black. Or? Yeah, it, yeah, something like that. I yeah. did. I did Shazam a lot of songs in this. It is very cinematic. Um, it's also. I just kind of like that. Yes, they're brothers, but they do a lot of things in sync. They have matching neck tattoos. Thank you for that. I'm glad I didn't <laughs> laugh at that bit. 
matching tattoos. They have the Aquitas Veritas. Yes. They both wear the same rosary beads. They dress the same. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's stylized to obviously give off that they're close but it's cinematically quite pleasing yeah so let me set the scene so the opening scene we see them leave the church they light their cigarettes (laughs) they say something to one another and then they kind of take off to begin it is saint paddy's day i don't know if that even is important but maybe that's why they're going to the church that day oh because they knew they'd be sinning later saint paddy's day oh sure yeah yeah oh i don't know I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We're trying to make sense of it. Yeah, I was, we're trying to make sense of it. <laughs> the whole religion aspect is kind of odd. But basically what they do okay. is it's a montage clip um, alongside the opening credits. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing clips to try to kind of gain an idea about these brothers who, yeah, like like Daniel was saying, like they kind of move in sync. It's all very cinematic. They work in the same place. They work alongside each other. And... Yeah. Uh, can I interject? Yeah, please. So <clears throat> what I wrote down is the two brothers, they're praying in church, father giving a speech that recounts the telling of a murder and in broad daylight. So it sets the tone of the movie from the first two minutes. Most, um, you know, you must fear evil men, but two good men doing something in the name of God is indifference of good men. Hmm. So it right off the bat, the sermon being, you know, said is completely the whole premise of the movie okay yeah you can hear him talking in the background you can he uh, is continuing to talking it's foreshadowing for what's to come the song that's playing in the credits is an irish song called the blood of q i can't pronounce it because it's in gaelic so you'll just have to trust me that we'll put it in the notes (laughs) yeah good luck (laughs) yeah i'm not doing that one i don't want to get ridiculed for it um what do you guys think of the opening montage there's a piece of it that is really like kind of confusing to me and i'm just wondering if well what's confusing to you and then maybe we can break it down so like during their whole so they work at a meat factory yeah 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 meat packing facility yeah. yeah facility and at one point, they have, like, this new lady that comes in, whom, um, from my Lizzie McGuire fan. Yes, she's the coach, she's the coach in Lizzie McGuire. Um, anyway. Shout she out, Hilary Duff. <laughs> she comes in to, like, start her first day or yes. something. And she's, like, shadowing with them. And they get but into an a, argument. Yeah. And she, like, cusses them out. And I have no idea why this happened. Because Neither do all, I. Because that's where all the fade in, fade outs are happening. Yeah, but yes, I know. Correct. But why is this in there? Because why, I watched it. When is, I watched it again, I'm like, so they they mock her. And then they, yeah. they have a fight. And then I they, think what this is supposed to show. And back then, no one was, like, looking at being sensitive then. They weren't being sensitive to other people's feelings. So they thought throwing in two brothers joking and sticking up for each other in this type of way was like a, a, a get you closer to the main characters kind of thing. Gotcha. I didn't feel that because really? they literally just beat up a woman in a meat packing facility. That's the um, Yeah, because she swings on them and then they hit her right back, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I they like, just said, take happening? it easy. It's St. Patty's Day. Oh, like, yeah. They're joking. Like, this is why they I made think... a joke, but they don't tell us what the joke was. was. Yeah. No, this is this is where I... I confused. This is what This is what I take from it. So, I feel like in watching this scene, you know, because they do have a fight with a lady, that they have some kind of sway in the whole kind of building because the the manager's watching it and he's like half oh, a fuck's sake not again yeah like not again <laughs> um and i think it's also something the joke is horrible but the joke relates to the fact that is it connor or 
What's the other one's name? It's Connor and Murphy. Connor and Murphy. It's Connor. Connor says something about the rule of thumb because he's giving her a demonstration on a piece of equipment. Mm -hmm. The rule of thumb is a horrible expression because what it goes back to is men were allowed to beat women. Oh yeah, that's right. She is saying something about. So she she brings it up. She brings it up, and Connor makes a joke about the size of your thumb. Right, and Connor, she says that. Which is fair. And then Connor says, he kind of makes a joke about it saying, he's, oh, he, you know, you should have used the wrist or something. So that's how the fight breaks out. Got it. Okay. So it's not exactly like, no, in no means am I condoning this. I'm just saying that I feel like the it's, fight breaks I'm gonna out. I'm going to break it down. I needed to understand what they you were arguing. To be in watching it again, I picked up a lot more. Yeah. That I think he, he makes a joke about it. Yeah. Okay. Which that, that is why the fight breaks person, out. person. She's huge. A, big, a, a bigger woman that. She's massive. She's tall. Yeah, she's more a, than a, <coughs> more than a thumb. She gets yeah. some licks on them too. Like she yeah. kicks kind of straight oh, yeah. in the ghoulies. Also, this is the only time I've ever seen her not <laughs> portraying does. a school gym teacher. She's the gym teacher in the Glee. Also, oh, oh wow. okay, that she's out always there. a gym teacher. I again, I've never seen her be. I thought she was the gym gym teacher, gym teacher in Scary Movie. No, 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 no. Mister, no. Mrs. Man, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Mrs. Man no, is that, making fun of the the archetype of the traditionally lesbian gay. Oh, so it's not the coach. same actress. Coach. No, 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 it's not the same actress. They're just making fun of that type of casting. Gotcha, gotcha. So we move on from the really gross, bloody meat factory to their really gross apartment. Um, I'm sorry. This is the part where I was like, "Oh, this is a bachelor pad." Uh, if I've ever seen, oh yeah, like, that is an industrial unit, isn't it? That's not. Yeah, they're it's like renting. Yeah, they're like renting a place renting inside of like a industrial warehouse. They're yeah. squatting. You, <laughs> you know what it reminds me of nowadays? It reminds me of those like really fancy New York lofts. Yes. Mm. But this yes. one's broken down and needs a bit of repair. It's what like when yeah, when bit. poor people live in a loft in New York in a movie. It's what that's what the apartment should actually look like. Oh it's yeah, like what they live in. It's a it's hallway. A little more realistic, but we're not in New York to make that. Cl- Where are we at? Boston. Boston. Yes. I kept thinking we were in Chicago. I have no. There's no reason for that. I just kept thinking it was Chicago. Massive Irish culture in Boston. Okay. Yep. I did not. Massive. Know. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. No, uh, oh, just, I kept thinking of Chicago because my dad is Irish, and so I listen, just think of okay. like Chicago. But that's just me. I'm not gonna say it, so don't drink. But to touch on another movie, The Town, directed by Ben Affleck, is set in Boston, where he yes. is kind of, I think, from ish. Mm-hmm. People, you, he, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think um, I want to say he's from Boston. He is. Yeah, I've he's got he's got a very thick uh, Boston accent. Yeah. Ben, oh, speaking of Ben Affleck, so does Jim Cousin. They wanted. And Chris Evans. They wanted not Jim Ben Kuzansky. Affleck as Chris one Evans. of the main characters. That's right. Yeah. They also wanted uh, <coughs> Marky Mark. Marky Mark and Stephen Dorff. Yes. From Blade, shameless plug. He Go could, listen I'm, to our he episode. He could just keep going and uh, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. That's right. He wanted all of those, and he and, and, and <coughs> Duff, Duffy said no. Yeah, he actually turned these guys he turned down. Keanu Reeves, Ben Affleck. Oh, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. He didn't even ha- no. He didn't turn them down because he didn't even entertain the idea of uh, calling them and talking to them about it. Yeah. He, he just flat out was like, "No, I don't want any." Like of those one people. of his producers or someone at suggested it, and he's like, "No." To this is where fair, the like troubled production. I've comes seen in. a I've seen a clip of Brad Pitt attempting to do an Irish accent, and I'm very glad they did not cast him. In the Harrison Ford movie. I don't Devil's know what own? it was. It was just a clip of like actors doing bad voices. Like, so I don't really remember. He what plays it was an from, Irish character. But I heard yeah. him attempt an Irish accent and mm. it was not good. No. They still made the movie. 
<laughs> so the boys uh, stop off at their apartment to get changed or whatever. Yeah. And then they go out down to the bar because it is St. Patrick's Day. Woo! Yep. Everyone's Irish. Well, their bar. Like, they, I think it's their, this their is, kick yeah, it the spot. Local you know? bar. This is, yeah, they're, they're the kick it spot. The local yeah. hangout. And you definitely get like this. Again, all the way up into the bar scene is a bunch of fade in out, fade outs. Like, yeah, we fade a black a, a few at more times. At least six so, times like, the whole time. So if you are listening, take a big old sip yeah, just take a yeah, big gulp. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and do it. You know, just but do one. it safely and uh, don't drink and drive. And you can go ahead and gulp that water if you have that. Drink That's cool responsibly, too. Uh, wow. twenty one yeah. and up, uh, depending on your country. Everyone <laughs> wants to stay hydrated. So the bar oh owner um, talks to the McManus. Brothers, sorry, that was a rough one for me to get through. <laughs> it's all good. And I just say Daryl, <laughs> Daryl, or Norman Reedus. No, I'm trying. I'm trying to. Connor like, and Murph. Connor and Murph. Murph. Yeah. Murph. <laughs> sounds like like Miami Heat, cut like a duo. Yeah, it sounds it like a but- this sounds like a it's buddy true. cop movie yeah. all of a sudden. Or it could Connor be just one- Murphy are on the scene. It could be just like, one what? guy. It's Connor Murphy. Look at him. Hey, what's up, Connor Murphy? Just yeah, like one guy. It's like it's Connor full McGregor. Name. Yeah, oh, Connor yes. McGregor. Connor Murphy. Are they re- no, they're not remaking this. They're making a sequel right mm-hmm. now, right? Okay, I was about uh-huh. to say, I was like, oh God, are they remaking this? And it Number stars three, Connor McGregor Number three, not sequel. Number three. <laughs> it's, a re- it's just a rehash. Yeah, that's what I thought you were about to tell me. I was like, oh no. Um, no, they're, this, they're making this one like a Pixar movie. <laughs> they're just redoing it as a Pixar. <laughs> it's Connor McGregor and The Rock. Yeah. Um, oh my, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Oh no! I'd That's watch the it. Is the is the is the Italian guy gonna be Vin <coughs> Diesel? Oh for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, Papa Joe. Papa oh yeah, is gonna be Vin Diesel. So the barner pulls the boys aside and he's like, "Hey, just want to let you know, like, I'm losing the bar. Um, basically, the entire like neighborhood is being bought out bought by out. the Russian mob. Correct? Yes. Yep. Yep. And so the boys are like, Taking that over. sucks. We should do something about <laughs> it. Shitty. And he's like, well, there's nothing we can really do. By the way, the bar owner has Tourette's. And man, do they play that up. Uh, yeah, but oh, also yeah. the man has a problem with Proverbs. Like he cannot get them out correctly. No, no. not at all. Like make like a banana and split gets turned into some horrible yeah. jiggery pokery of a mess. Of yeah. the sentence. <laughs> it's awful. So they're kind of... Um, you know, just talking about how shitty the situation is. It's They're definitely dying down. They're closing out the bar. And next thing you know is we see these these big these big Three motherfuckers. Big Russians. Big motherfuckers enter the bar and they're like, I think it's about time that you close. But they, they say it in a Russian accent. I just couldn't commit to the bit. Um and it's uh fl- it's uh led by a guy named Ivanov. Yeah. Yeah. A, a, a very Distinctively, Russian. it's like so Russian, Russian name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. sure. Bad guy Russian name. Still has guy I- like icicles on it. Ivan face. Drago. Yeah, yeah. I, it, I remember he sounded like a Power Rangers villain. Yeah, because he probably wasn't Russian. That, he was yeah, probably. That too, fr- I was having a hard time because I was looking at that band and I was like, I don't think you're Russian. He's probably from I Boston. You, I thought he was like Cuban. <laughs> like local I was cat, like, local I don't. Casting. Oh, what, like, what's happening what, right Pitbull, now? Pitbull, because he's bald? Yeah, I was like, I don't... Dale. But I'm not buying Russian. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not it, It's not translating as Russian. <laughs> I, that's all I'm saying. His accent was a little... little. Well, it's very... It's, it's, it's like me doing a Russian accent. Mm. Well, I mean, I wouldn't know. I'm not good at accents. You have to leave the premises now. Vodka! See? You, I see you. Don't go on. You can laugh. It's good. <laughs> no, it, it kind of reminds no, me of my Natasha. It's not good. 
It nah. needs a lot of work. <laughs> I haven't that. watched enough Rocky and Bullwinkle to like really, really like Boris and Natasha. Boris and Natasha. I can only really say that's, the word that, Natasha. That's, that's how you... I can't go beyond. What that. if I told you guys about accents? You need a trigger word. That's your trigger <laughs> word. You, you need work, but you, <laughs> that's your trigger word. <laughs> We'll put a poll. Does Jerry need work on his accents? We know he does. Everyone answered that poll last time. <laughs> no. And you're not practicing. I know you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not, you fucking liar. So Too I forgot to mention, they're closing out the bar. It's getting to the end of the night. Um, Ivanov and his goons are there. Um, and it's not just the McManus boys that are there, but there's also a couple other people that kind Rocco's of Rocco's there. The just locals. I think the bar flies. Bar flies. And so um, the the Russian mob is like coming in. They're like, it's time to shut down. Like basically, it kind of seems like he's getting the business taken away from him. Right but he has now. a week. But he has a week, um, allegedly. And so the, everyone kind of stands up Legally. for the bar owner. They turn around. They're like, yeah, we're not just going to roll over and leave. And then guess what? It's a bar fight. It's a black. Everybody drank. Uh, we will eventually know, but for now, we just uh, fade to black. And everyone drank. Everybody drank. So we had faded out to black in the bar, so we don't know what's going on next, but we open up the shot uh, back in the alley. It's daytime, we're assuming the next day, and there mm-hmm. are cops everywhere. Oh, they're all in the alleyway, yeah. Yeah, it's all taped off, caution tape everywhere, so it's a crime scene. And then we kind of start to kind of see what's going on. There's a couple bodies lying in the alleyway. There's people lined up everywhere. And there's a very loudmouth detective. Thank you. Is yes. Thank you for calling it out. This guy cracks me up. Because he's, he's amazing. He's basically oh. giving the lay of the lamb. And what he feels like yeah. probably happened. And he knows things because he knows things. He you says them with like, he says them with power too. Like he's like, this guy did this. That guy did that. And that's that. big motherfucker. Huge, three, four hundred pound man. Yeah, mystery solved. This is a common theme throughout this movie, where they will cut to black. We'll get the next day. We'll get the next whatever. Yes, and then we'll get a recount. Definitely not like butterfly effect. No, no, no. We'll get a retelling. No, that one was way different. At least when the cuts to black happen in the butterfly effect, they make a little bit more sense. Like they're sensible sure. with what's happening because the main character is blacking out. Yeah. So it makes contextual sense. But in for this, this movie, I really don't understand the, the amount of times they fade to black. It's just the way they decided to tell the story of what happened and show you the scene instead of showing you and then having like an it, it It's actually quite genius, I think. Like the way they pieced it together, it's not a, a straightforward kind of normal storytelling movie whatever yeah right it's, you know it's they cut to black way. and you're like oh my god like we didn't see what happened like oh my gosh what's going on and then we get this amazing recount and then you finally see what happens i mean i enjoy it but it's like it is bounced back a lot well it's, they do it throughout them. they do like it for every almost effect. every action scene yeah for sure and the action scenes go pretty quick so yeah um but just when the detective taking a look at the crime scene thinks he's got it all put together. Oh, he knows he does. In yeah. comes the chief and an FBI agent he lit- known Smacker. as Smacker. The Green Goblin. Uh, or also William Defoe. I knew you were going to do that. Um, I love William Defoe. Um, yes, he's great. I've mixed opinions and of course we'll get into it later about this movie. But William Defoe. Yes. Chef's kiss. Great. If perfection. you haven't seen uh, or listened at all to our podcast on John Wick, we listen. Uh, yeah, you gotta go check we that out. We see Willem Dafoe 
in that podcast also. So, and then when we finally do Spider Man, the good one, the first one with Tobey Maguire, easy. It's easy. Has Green Goblin in it? Yes, we anyway. love the Green Goblin in this house. And if you don't like William Dafoe, mm-hmm. you can just get the fuck out. No, but loud, loud mouth detective doesn't like Willem Dafoe. No, definitely not. Um, Smiker comes in and basically is like, "This is my crime scene now." Flashes his little cool ass FBI badge. Yeah, tells the loud mouth detective to go get him some coffee mm. while he takes a look at the scene. Again, this part really cinematic and fucking cool. Yes, I like great. this shot a lot. Genius scene. This is also, I think the great the great Willem Dafoe that he is because there's not a lot to work with but I think what comes across on screen is mm-hmm. his absolute kind of full charismatic his like natural brilliance his yeah his great acting ability and to like to do a lot without saying anything he's very actively, visual yeah he's very visual yeah I, I think I think that I was the, doing a lot of arm waving because I was trying to kind of emulate what he does. Yeah, he, no, I, I, I he totally says got a it. lot without I'm saying Italian, anything. I got it. I'm Italian. <laughs> I, I do a lot of cooking to set the scene a little bit, and then we can <clears throat> uh, contextualize it more. Um, basically, Smecker comes in, and he has this whole method of how he looks at a crime scene. So first, he he has a walk uh, oh, a, discman, a Walkman. You guys remember uh, those? Yes. If you don't know what a Walkman is, Take it away. is your phone. But you can't make phone calls on it. You can just play. It's a cassette music. player. Jerry just said it's a cassette play player. CDs. No, 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 no. This is this the is 90s. a CD. We're playing CDs. He's playing a CD. It's okay. a discman. Yeah. So he's hope got he has his... anti shock because he's dancing around that I alleyway. Hope he, I was just gonna say, yeah, I hope dude, he does. That thing yeah. is skipping. There's no way he's listening to that beautiful. His opera classical music is sounding like a techno track right now. Down that alleyway. <laughs> so he's got his walkman <laughs> on his hip. He puts his headphones in. He puts his gloves on, and then he presses play. And what his kind of method is is he listens to classical music music while he kind of takes down notes about the crime scene to figure out what happened and it's really just this kind of beautiful cinematic moment where it's just william defoe with these headphones on listening to this classical music Uh kind of orchestrating how he put together the crime scene and it's yeah it's kind of like a dance it's like a routine and i think it's also the song do you know the song no but it is classical music yes it's got to be like an. that's all he listens to i think it's a I think it's great because he sees what happened. Yes. Through through what's lying in front of him, through the holes in the yes. wall, through everything. Yeah. Like he 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 recounts the whole Yeah. Could you imagine if it was like WAP playing through that? <laughs> Christ. <laughs> 7 um, days a week. Yeah. This is certified freak. So basically he he, so he figures you take, out. He, he figures out what's going on just by looking at the scene, but at the same time, he puts down the uh, original detective that was there nicely with a, with a firm slap. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and he assesses that what they're looking for isn't some big motherfucker, just some smart motherfuckers, essentially. And he <laughs> noticed a bullet with my coffee. He noticed a mm-hmm. bullet hole, uh, bullet hole in one of the building walls. So he asked some of the other detectives, um, like some of the p- police officers, to go and check with the buildings to see if a leak has sprung. Well, because and- there's a there's pieces of a broken sink. Yes. Yeah. So they figure. Like how the hell did that get there? How did that get there? And then check with each floor about if anyone has said anything about their ceiling being wet. Yeah. Ergo, floor four has reported their ceiling being drippy. So it must be coming from floor five or above. Yep. 
So this is where we um, they enter the boys' apartment, the ba- gross bachelor pad that we noticed <laughs> before, and they're starting to put things together. Their necklaces are still hanging on the walls. And this also Bridget. verifies that the guys were living in an unattended apartment, which is why I was like, they're not paying rent. This is a squatting situation, if you will. <laughs> so now they're on the lookout for these two guys to go and find them. We cut over to the hospital, and that's where we find Connor and Murphy. They are entertaining a sick kid in the hospital while they await for someone to, I guess, bail them out. Yeah, they look bloody and... They look gross and weird, and they were playing with some kid, and it was very cute, but I also was like, ew, <laughs> don't touch him. He yeah. left me his... C- c- he left me his... C- 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 oh, he <laughs> fucking gave me this! <laughs> So, I love Doc. The bar yeah. owner comes by. He's got a bag full of like their clothes, I assume. Mm-hmm. And what are they, what are they talking about? No, actually, he doesn't bring them the clothes. That's later. He gives oh, them okay. the rosaries. That's right. Mm. Kind of the most important thing for them at the moment. Rocco brings them the clothes later. And then the bar owner True. also brings them a card from our <laughs> from Smecker from the detective, yes. and he said, um, you know, to obviously give him a call because mm-hmm. they're already onto the case. We cut back over to Smecker to see him back at the police station, and he's basically giving them an overview of what they're looking for. He's pissed. He's yelling at them, calling them a bunch of sissies, and well, because someone leaked the story to the press. Yeah, oh, he's mad right. at them because yeah. someone talked to the the press about that. He also this is I like this scene because he while we're getting this telling off from Smacker because we're front and center getting told off the camera is like pointed down looking up at him like we're sitting down with the cops while we're getting all of this he says that we won't find them they'll be hard to find blah 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 lo and behold they literally walk into the police station (laughs) to give their account of what happened Right when he says they're never gonna, yeah, like we'll never find them. They've already left town. You know, you guys, you guys were in the case. That's what the crappy detective guy says. Yes, yes, and it's so like he's constantly getting his ass handed to him on a silver platter. Being being the movie that it is, you know, about revenge and and this kind of like vigilante justice. There's a lot of comedic elements that it's like a dark comedy in a way. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I could see that. Especially Doc. I mean, it's Tourette's isn't funny, but this um, it is funny. This whole police scene and all the cops <clears throat> being like main characters and being part of the movie is actually part of the story that he was writing. He went to the Boston Police Department and yes. interviewed them. Duffy. The, yeah. yeah, the Duffy, the, the writer, the writer and, director. and actor, director. He went and interviewed them and asked them like, what would it be like? How would you guys feel if this happened or this happened? Yeah. Stuff that he was writing about for this movie. That's thought that was really kind of a fun perspective. Yeah. Mm. It's kind of a cool way to get other people's perspectives. Uh, like especially the police force, you know, there he was trying to get some of their perspectives from it. Some of them said, Hey, they're heroes, you know, stuff like that. The cop that keeps getting the brunt of things is called Greenlee. Ah, uh, yes. Cause right in this scene, mm. uh, smacker goes Greenlee. Onion bagel with cream cheese. <laughs> yeah, he's been getting them. That's right. Every time he's like just doing something and it ends up being wrong. And he's like, now you're the errand boy. Yes. My dude. Also, I would like to point out that the actor who portrays Detective Greenlee, his real life name is Bob Marley. That's great name. Fucking I was cool. wondering wow. which one of the characters was Bob Marley. Yeah, <laughs> so the boys show up at the police station and they're going to give their story about, you know, what what happened. Um, first they get into a, 
uh, what is what are these rooms called? Interrogation. Interrogation. Thank you. Interview, into interview an, room. It's Sorry. an interview room. Yeah. So they get into a room <laughs> with uh, with Smecker, and before they start kind of giving him like the story, they're kind of talking amongst each other to try to get a read on this guy, and they're talking in Gaelic. In various languages, actually. Various they start languages. in Gaelic. We, they go through. We go through kind of like French, a bunch Italian, of uh, something else. And this else. is really Gaelic. They go through speaking. Russian, yes. French, Italian, uh, Spanish. Yes, they go through a range of languages, mm-hmm. but they don't go through sign language. I think this is also important to note because it shows the level of education that these boys have, because I think it's easy to assume like poor person, poor education. Mm -hmm. It's not the case here. No, not at all. They're smart. So they're very smart and they kind of, they kind of build this kind of rapport with Smecker. uh, Almost as if they're all like on the same page, you know, to some degree. And so this is when the boys start giving Smecker their side of the story. Uh, fade to black? <laughs> yeah, fade to fade black. To black. Oh, fade to black. Back to the bar. And then we get this flashback. So in the flashback, do you guys want to kind of go over what happens here? Well, well we I go think, right back to the Russians. Yeah, we go back to the before we faded to black. Yep, right there. They were lined up talking to each other saying, hey, can't we just get along? Faded, faded to black, went to the other scene. Now we're back at the bar. Before anything happened. Yes. Back at the bar, yeah. a fight breaks out. Because their friend... Rocco. Rocco decides to say some you stuff could about say the he, Russian's mother. He instigates it. Yes, yeah. he instigates the fight. And uh, the Russian guy ends up punching him directly in the face. And everyone's like, what are you doing? And they start speaking Russian to him immediately. Yeah, fun fact about that. Mm-hmm. They are, theoretically speaking Russian, the subtitles are what? They're saying, but they're not actually speaking Russian. Yeah, they're speaking I mean, like gibberish. It's supposed oh, to be, yeah, it's okay. supposed to be speaking Russian. Yes. yes. Yeah. That's a little disappointing. It is, yeah, because... They could at least learn the lines, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, I think it, it was done intentionally, but, oh, you know. Yes. I think that's... It's not like poor kind of, like, planning on that part. Like yeah. they, they planned it to be just gibberish, but make it sound Russian, and then subtitles be what they're actually saying. Okay. Mm. Well, interesting. It's a choice. Well, the dialect is is makes me think they're saying it, so because I know nothing about Russian. Yeah, and I, I don't know any That's other languages, so it makes no difference to me. Yeah. So from this point, this is where they start torturing the Russian mob members that mm-hmm. came in and tried to uh, obstruct the rest of their St. Patty's Day. Yep. The next day, um, and I assume they they all just kind of walked away from the situation. So the <clears> next day, they flash forward again. We flash forward again, and we see the boys in their apartment talking about last night. When next thing you know, the Russian mob is there, and yep. they are not too pleased. And they're also still wearing the clothes yes. that they were wearing the night before. So that guy's like they burned, like they. they I think this is very butt. early in the morning. Yeah, I they, think so they, they, they poured a high pants. proof alcohol on his butt. And lit it on, on fire, fire on and, the bar. And he's still wearing said pants. Yes. So. Correct. Mm-hmm. Like I think this is like hours again. after, if not kind of moments after the bar. Well, yeah. I mean, it must have been what? Four in the morning when they went yeah. to bed? Four in the morning. Four yeah. in the morning. Like my lucky charms. Oh, my God. It's pretty good. You know, I'm getting better. I think... So. so anyway, yeah. anyway, um, <laughs> so the mobsters come into their apartment the next day. They um, handcuff Connor 
to the toilet and they take Murphy and they're like, at first he's like telling Connor's ear, I was going to kill you. But now I think I'm just going to take your brother and kill him. So Connor's left helpless while they uh, kidnap Murphy. And, you know, Connor, Connor can't be having this. No, not at all. They're brothers. So he is a full Hulk moment Mm -hmm. and he rips that toilet off of its hands. Oh, dude, rips it off. His hands start bleeding from the handcuffs. I will say what I wrote down is there's very kind of. Uh, symbolic church imagery here mm-hmm. being shackled uh, the blood from the cuffs yep um the blood on his head from the thorns yeah 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 it's it's all very catholic yeah definitely yes. and it's all in slow motion mm-hmm. yep we get another slow-mo walk so everybody drink everybody drink. Right, right. so he rips the toilet off of its hinges carries it all the way out to the balcony out to the fire escape and then manages to drop it in a way where that it Hits the guy. The Russian guy. The Russian guy who's about to shoot his brother. And he falls into a large, uh, like, vat of garbage bags. Ooh. And somehow survives that fall. He falls onto someone. He jumps on him. The other guy breaks his fall. fall. Yeah, thank you, Jerry. Yeah. So then once he's down there and he gets up because he's totally fine, he (laughs) rips off the top of the toilet, bashes that guy's head in. Um, kill, make sure the other guy is also dead. Grabs all, basically everyone's belongings. Grabs his brother, and then off to the hospital they go. It's yeah, pretty miraculous how he yeah. pulled all of that off. Right? Very quick, yeah. Well, he wasn't the one who jumped off the roof, you know. <laughs> this is true. Word. Yeah, you yeah, know that, that would have hurt. He, he would have been shot in the head, but luckily he moved. I mean, he didn't fall off a roof and land into a big metal hand by um an Autobot, but you know whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, where's OP when you need him? For real. Connor, jump and in my hand. And that's how they ended up at the hospital. Autobots. And then from the out. hospital, they got to the, the police department. Yep. So we go back and we see the boys with Smecker. And they're all kind of laughing about it. Smecker seems to be really enthused with their story. And he does that they be- can speak languages. Yeah, he says, like, what are you doing working at a meat factory? You should be doing more with Your the life. education you yeah. have. And they're just kind of like, story. Well, you know, we do whatever we... They even came in and said, the press wants to talk to you because you guys aren't going to be charged. So do you want to talk to them? And they said, absolutely not. We don't want to talk to the press. Absolutely not. So uh, Smecker goes out there, gives a short delivery. Well, he listens as the captain gives a short delivery on what happened Mm -hmm. and that they're calling this entire crime um, in self-defense. So no one's going to be charged with anything. And Uh basically it's like they wash their hands of this. Yes. So then we see Rocco come into the depart- uh, police department. He brings them their clothes. Um, he's saying hi to people as he's walking in. He yeah. like, notices people that are locked up. I he's find like, that oh. scene hilarious. Someone's yeah. like, hey, Rocco. <laughs> I, like com- I commented on that as he was like walking through the fucking cells and everyone's like, hey, what's up? Like, I'd be like, dude, you don't want to be known at jail. Like, <laughs> you don't. That's not the place you want to be known at. You know, it's kind of, you know. Uh, uh, ironic to be to be uh, mm. famous in jail, um, but we fade to black again. Um, can yep. we all take a collective drink? Yep. yep. Beautiful. And then the boys stay the night in the jail to kind of, I think, make sure that like they're gonna be safe when they leave. Somewhat yeah. protective custody. I'll put that in air quotes. Yeah. Exactly. And so they're spending the night in. The police station, there's a we the fade to black cut to like lightning striking, so it's like raining, and you know, it's a dramatic evening. 
They're raining and, in the bed. It is raining inside the jail. And suddenly, both boys wake up in the middle of the night as if summoned by something more powerful than themselves. They have an epiphany. They have yeah. a huge epiphany. And they realize that it's it's time. They, they are meant, they're being called to do something bigger than themselves. They shall rid the world of evil. Is that more or less what 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 happened here? Yes. yes. Fade the black again, and they get up from bed. Everybody drank. Also, I would like to point out <clears throat> in the dressing room scene. Dressing room? When they're putting their clothes back on, right here. Okay. Yeah. It's not apparent, but the way Murphy puts his arms through the shirt is in imagery of a cross. Okay. Oh. There's a lot of... This is very religiously, like, sub, like a lot of subtext movie, yeah. with religion. Yeah. Huge amount of imagery in this movie. I but wish you, I it will go I over knew. your head, but... I wish I knew. I wish I understood more about Catholicism. My dad is Catholic, mm. but I never went through, um, I forget what it's called, catechism classes. So yeah, I never converted to being Catholic. So my I dad really was know brought very up Catholic, little but about he the didn't... actual, like... Catholicism. Yeah, my family was, I think, but I, I wasn't. I Religion grew, I was never pushed on me as a kid, so I'm uh, I'm a bit kind of again in the dark about that. Yeah, I'm no I've been to church. Yeah, but I d- I'm not. This movie has a lot of God. I would yeah. actually love to do spend a little bit of time researching more about Catholicism and the Catholic Church in general, so that I could rewatch this with new eyes. I would like to understand a little bit more from that aspect because maybe that would make the movie come alive for me a little bit more. But anyway, <laughs> to get back into it, they had this epiphany the night before. They get dressed the next day, and they're definitely still feeling it. Like there's this moment they share where no words are exchanged, and they're just kind of staring at each other. They know what like, they're, doing, they're gonna do. Yeah, you know, they just know that they're on the same page. Yeah. And so the next day, they're, like, talking to the police. Like, the whole police department is, like, they're, leaving, yeah. they're, they're chums with these dudes. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know they're what they did them charisma, yeah. charisma, but they got it. And while Murphy is talking to some of the cops, Connor goes and makes a phone call. Um, this is based on He stole on the a, beeper from the The beeper from, the from the one of the, mo- the mob right. guys and calls back the phone number to see where this guy was supposed to go. He mm-hmm. gets some information, writes it down. And away we go. <laughs> Why'd you say it like that? I had to. It, it was my segue to think <laughs> about where I'm going next. You said it like the Dark Knight. Yes. <laughs> and away, and away we, we go. go. Um, so the next thing that we see is we cut over and we see Ron Rocco. Jeremy. Oh, no. We yeah. see Rocco first. Well, Rocco walks into his boss's office, who's mm-hmm. an Italian mob boss. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the Ita- family. Yeah. The. Mob boss's right hand man is Ron Jeremy. So, which I'm shaking my head. I didn't that. write down. Yeah, I don't Daniel's know his shaking his head name. right now. What's, I just, what's I, his character's name? Does anybody know? I didn't write him. I call it, him Ron. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's Ron Jeremy. I don't give a fuck. He is. But I was actually, very upset that he was here because I completely he, forgot that he was in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> he's given a uh, title card on the mo- on the. He's given a title card in the film with a pausing moment. So yes, he is given something. Yeah, couldn't care less. I don't like him. He looks mm. like a mouse. He looks, yeah, he, yeah. Actually, no, I like mice and rats. He looks horrible. I don't like I one, Jeremy. I just don't like Me one, neither. Jeremy. He's creepy. Um, he's a weirdo. Yeah. yeah I actually think he's in prison right now, to be honest. Is this entire really? scene, yeah. I would rather. Uh, I think he's just... in prison for. He was a porn star. Yeah. Right? He's in prison yeah. for 
like rape or harassment. And it's like, dude, you're a, you're a porn star. Many reports mm-hmm. of him being super, like super aggressive, rude, and aggressive with yeah. women. So yeah, no, it's really weird. in my book. Asshole, canceled. Um, but yeah, I don't really want to talk about this scene, but we kind of have to. It's important for context. So yeah. basically, Rocco. I don't know if it is actually. I mean, I I don't know why it's in here. I'm. I was thinking the same thing. Is like I feel like if it might have been for shock and awe. Basically, I, I, I mean, okay, great. Or, or it could I still show don't how know. intimidating he is, but you could do yeah, it in a not. different way. Yeah, but he's not intimidating. I'm, well, I mean, okay, yes, Rocco is nervous in this scene, but yeah. I don't know what else it's meant to convey. That's all I'm getting from it is that. So yeah, the the joke part didn't need to happen. The only importance that this scene gives is the context of Rocco's character. So Rocco is their friend. We saw him at the St. Patty's thing. He brought the clothes to them in jail. Rocco works for the Italian mob, Yacobetti. Italian mob, and he reports to like the main guy. He's and known. Sorry, he's and, known as the funny man, mm-hmm. a bag man. I think you would call him. Yeah, but that's about it. That's about it. There's he's really not, not much more than he's that. an errand boy. This yes. scene basically exists as like I guess the he's trying to impress his boss. His boss asks him to tell him a joke. He tells him a really awful racist joke. Yes. Yeah, and that's kind of the scene. And there's like laughter but even as what as i was watching the scene i was like i feel like this laughter's fake this isn't going really well but whatever i guess this scene is sort of necessary to set up the fact that his boss may or may not he he's may a, not be in favor he's a psycho the, the only the only problem i have with it like okay i get what they're trying to do but it doesn't really have any kind of benefit to me because you could if you didn't show papa joe uh-huh. as the like head of the mafia but you had Rocco account for things when he's talking to the brothers about it being fearful, then you would just know that there's a shadowy figure in the background. Yeah. Mm. So for me, this scene is brought on to give kind of like gratuitous uh, depiction of mob bosses or and or um, Italians being racist in their own right to other other races. Other it races. Rem- it reminds me of. Um, oh, and their own. It reminded me a lot of Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, uh, I mean, okay, I don't know and that's that's actually first. might be a fair comparison because Troy Duffy at the time, when he was working in a bar in L.A., the script he wrote, you know, he was he was hailed as the next Tarantino because they were looking for people like the, a Tarantino, not okay. not a school-driven script writer but yes. someone that worked in blockbuster or someone that worked in a bar and uh-huh. and wrote this amazing screenplay and when they found duffy that's what they thought they found yeah and so i can't help but feel you are right and you are right where that it's it's very tarantino e. okay Kind of, let's throw in some racism because why not? I mean, they, yeah, they do it in uh, Dust. Let's throw in some shock and awe. Now that I think about it, a Boondock Saints did come out in '99, so that means cult fiction. Cult fiction. Cult, 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 cult fiction. fiction. Cult fiction. Everyone, go ahead and watch cult fiction. <laughs> that's a, if you haven't that's seen a it, Boy Beats World episode. Yes, not the same thing. <laughs> uh, cult fiction. Reservoir Dogs had all come out before this movie. The stu- so I think studios yeah, that there's weren't... like an air of like mobby, slightly racist action yep. movies mm-hmm. were a thing. Also, I would say the way Tarantino films, the way he like cuts doesn't have 
Reservoir Dogs, for instance, right? It's a very kind of theatrical performance the of the actors. Sus- suspects that were Brian Singer. That oh, too. he did write that. It's a very theatrical performance. There's not a lot of action in the movie. It's told through kind of flashbacks. It told it's told through accounts from other characters. Oh, that's what okay. this has got elements of. Where yeah. we get to an action scene and we're like, "Oh yeah, action!" And then they cut. Yeah. And then they go to a storytelling portion of it. It's very reminiscent of what Tarantino does. Yeah, yeah it is. Okay. No, you're right. Well, that totally makes and, sense. Kill Bill is a lot like that too. Oh, I like that movie. Mm-hmm. Don't like Tarantino, but I like that movie. And Miramax was actually one of the studios that had picked this movie up, which is why it was a troubled production. Miramax being he who shall not be named. Yes. Is the HW. Yes. Was the uh, what do you call it? Chairman of the, Miramax at the time. Yes. Yeah. He actually bought a lot of his bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He bought his bar. Yeah, yeah. The bar and the a lot of movie. movie uh, a lot of Tarantino's movies uh, fall under the Miramax umbrella. Mm, okay. Um, this is what they thought they'd found. They thought they'd found the next Tarantino, Tarantino. in this. So I think, yeah, mm. with all of that, that makes sense. Nope, yeah. that's all lining up. It's, it, it does makes now sense. with all the blood and the way things are done. Yeah, Shots. how the blood appears. Yes, too. the way it colors. Tarantino the storytelling yeah. in general. The orangey blood. Yeah, like red. Very red, vibrant, mm-hmm. if you will. Very explosive. <clears throat> so then next we cut over to, uh, from Rocco, we cut over to the boys. And they're um, at an arms dealer. And they basically get to pick all the weapons that they're going to need for their next mission. Yeah, it's a bit kind of Mission Impossibly, James Bond's. Let's tool up. I love it when Jerry does this. Last week, too. Last, last week, sorry. <laughs> I was trying to be quiet. No, no, uh, no. Yeah, I'm sorry. I made it worse. I'm just saying. Um, but I like this arms dealer scene only for the fact that they're arguing over the use of rope. Yes, I just like my that. favorite favorite part of it. I thing. do like it because it is very poignant in the fact that it makes fun of all the action movies like Arnold when he's kidding up and he's got everything on him in the world and then he's got a massive bazooka and then he gets into a boat. It's very like that. You know, yeah. they, they grab uh-huh. everything off the wall. Murphy says to Connor, like, why do you need rope? What are you going to do with 30 feet of rope? I only see that shit in movies. That's what he said. Yeah. You only, yeah. Breaking the fourth wall in a way. You know? Yeah. To which Murphy picks up a massive knife and Connor says, well, what are you going to do with this, Rambo? True. And he ends up using that knife. And the rope. And the rope. He ends up picking up both of them. It's true. And this is where the boys leave on their very first mission yep. at this hotel, mm-hmm. which is, again, the information he had written down at the police station, right? We're yep. still on the same. Okay. And we don't know what same. that information is, but find out later. We only have a location yep. and a, a name. Location. The hotel. So then next we cut over again to Smecker and he's being woken up in bed by a phone call. A mysterious <laughs> phone call. Yep. And this is where we pick up on the movie that Smecker. <gasps> shock and awe. Gay. He's gay. Because it's 1999 and this mm-hmm. is super shocking. Shocking. So shocking. Oh my God. Um, And he's still, um, he's still kind of a dick. Like he's. Yeah. He's gay, but he's a dick to uh, people. He uses gay slurs. Of the same orientation. He uses slurs. The guy's like, oh, I thought we were going to cuddle. And he's like. F slur. Yeah. And calls him the F slur. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 I don't know. I don't know what to do with the information. Yeah. I didn't really gain any knowledge from that scene. 
but um, except that he was woken up early for a phone call from work. Yes, so that's the important part, and we'll just move along with that. <laughs> By the way, no further mention of the fact that Smacker's gay. From what I don't remember them mentioning at any other time in the movie. So I also still I don't know. Why it's only touched it. upon right at the beginning when we first introduced to him. The other cops tap each other on the shoulder when because Smacker the, kind of I don't I, I do it to Jerry, but like because I touch Jerry's shoulder. You know, he, uh, the cops get a, like, oh, he must be. Any slur that you can think of from the 90s well, is what they used in this movie and this, all those movies then. That and men... It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. It's the 90s. 90s. Um, Tarantino. So he's called out of bed. He immediately leaves and he goes over to the hotel to figure out, you know, what's happened. We assume that he goes through his whole ritual, although we don't see it in full fashion like we did the first time. No. I think as an audience at this point, we, we should just know, like, that's how he works. We know Smacker has, like, foresight to see uh-huh. forensics in a different way. And he's going through the hotel room. He's uh, taking a look at all the damage, noticing the pennies on the eyes, and he notices that that has a religious connotation. To yeah. It. Yep, sure on. They're paying the debt before they get into... The They're paying States. Sharon, yeah, the, the ferryman. The ferryman, aka to get to yeah. judge, my boy know. from John Wick. Oh, oh, didn't know that. Yeah, no, yes, you did. I'm not. We I'm not gonna that. lie. Shameless they were plug. like, yeah, they were like talking about this, and I was like, who is this? Just okay, a Catholicism so, thing, or is this like, do, is everyone supposed to know this? Because no one told me about money. I have to bring with me to heaven. <laughs> like what the fuck? Like I, money is so hard to come by here. I thought I don't have to worry about it afterwards. <laughs> Here's what I will say. Just make sure you two have two pennies on you at all times. Basically, what you're doing is you're putting two pennies on the eyes of the person that has passed to carry them safely into the afterlife by paying the ferryman Sharon for safe passage. Okay. AKA, yes, I will repeat myself, going back to John Wick's uh, hotel manager, the concierge called Sharon. Yes, that's right. And the symbolism that he represents in that movie. Uh, ferrying yes. John Wick to safe passage to kill absolutely everyone to get revenge on his dog. Take a breath. Yeah. It's all come full circle now. Poor dog. Yeah, I'm still thinking. Love this one. Yeah. Took from the movie. Yeah. So cute. Um. <laughs> so they established that the pennies on the eyes have religious symbolism, as well as the fact that there were two assailants based on gun. Ba- based on the pattern. angle of shots. Produced on the final, not based on Greenlee's uh, account of the telling because he got it wrong from the get go. Yeah, again, Greenlee. So as um, <clears throat> as Smecker is going through his whole rigmarole of what happened, we're actually seeing hype that hypercut with what actually happened. So we're seeing the boys, they're like got their rope and all their stupid supplies and they're crawling through the duct. They don't know where they're going, so they get lost, which is pretty comical and funny. Yeah. They and fight in the They, they start the fighting. Duct. Fighting in the air duct. I think which, Connor says something like, I'm getting, or, he, or, or uh, Norman Reedus says something like, I'm getting tired of jugging your a fucking rope around. It weighs like five pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just like kind of going at each other until they're eventually bickering. they- yeah completely fall through the vent and they end up hanging upside down kind of mission impossible style yeah but it works to their benefit they land in the center of the room the room has a super huge like circular couch circular in in placed couch and they're (laughs) able to basically take out 
everybody in one fell swoop. Absolutely everyone. So fucking lucky. Yes. And also, they're dangling from the air duct. What are they dangling from? Exactly. What's the ro- yeah, the rope's on? attached to nothing. The rope, I don't know. It's attached to wood. Okay. Wood? <laughs> it's wood. not wood. Just wood. wood <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that. I was like, A, how are they going to get the rope down since it's clearly attached to something? And B, what is it attached to? Yeah. Oh, I love how in-depth you're going. That. It's got their DNA on it. We must get it back. They won't They won't get their DNA on it? No, it's got their DNA on it yeah. already. Yeah, they, must so have they have, have to it. get back up there to figure out what it's caught on. True. Um, yeah. And I also think it's funny because it's being hypercut with like um, Smecker going on about how like dumb it would be and how it's like a TV show thing for them to be hanging from the ceiling shooting people. And then it's cut with Murphy being like, how stupid was that? That was like a TV show. I thought that was pretty funny. Yep. What do you guys think about this scene? Um, I thought it made me laugh when I first saw it, to be honest. It's well shot. Yes, I also want to say that the Slow mafia motion. boss at the end looks like a like a like a Sims character. It's also, he, oh. You know who he looks like? Ned Flanders. He looks weird, like a live action Ned Flanders. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like a weird cartoon shaped head. I don't. It, he does look a bit strange. Yeah. yeah. This is strange. the introduction of them saying the prayer to, um, during their 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 mass murders. Great job, team. Good job. Weddings. <laughs> Weddings. Um. <laughs> So, yes, they're two vigilantes. They just pulled off this murder somewhat easily. They're like, man, like, we should have started doing this a long time ago. I think that's what Murphy says at one point. And then they hear a knock on the door. So they're like, oh, shit, it's not over. So they put on their their caps. Balaclava. Yeah. Uh, grab their guns. They their go what? Over to what the did door. you say? Balaclava. What? I have no idea. What's a balaclava? Shut the fuck up. Are you talking about a ski mask? That's not a ski mask. Yeah, it is. Okay, they're called balaclavas. Oh. I called Where? a, I called a ski mask. Where? Yeah, yeah, we have everywhere. I've never heard that before. No. Go uh, fuck yourself. Oh, let's get a, a poll. It's not a thing here. You guys want a poll? Yeah, I want a fucking poll. All right. Have you ever heard of balaclava before? Daniel I'm enraged right now. I literally keep you know thinking what? you're saying baklava. I know. I was like, going to say, next time we go out to an Italian restaurant or something, I want to order the balaclava. <laughs> okay, fuck you both. I'm not saying baklava. I would have been saying baklava. Yeah. I'm saying balaclava. Yeah, it still sounds like a dessert. Yeah, it still sounds like baklava. Okay, you know You're what, both of you? Pronouncing but different but now I want to be that person that stands out and uses that word all the time. Of course you do. Yeah. But first, go fuck yourself. Yeah, okay, heard. <laughs> I'm on it. So they rush to the door. They get their uh, baklavas on. Yeah. <laughs> they look at Whatever. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Only to find that Rocco's coming in the room. So they're like, oh. Wait, why is Rocco shit. dressed like a fuck? He's dre- he's like, they're like, why is Rocco dressed like that? And he's like dressed like a servant. He and is. his name says Jafar yeah. on his name tag. We find that later, but yeah. But Murphy's like, let's fuck with him. And Connor's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Become <laughs> 10 year olds all of a sudden with guns. Mm-hmm. And that's terrifying. Anyway, they <laughs> let Rocco into the room and they're making Rocco believe that, you know, it's a stick up, you know, shit's, shit's about to go down. Uh, they drop Marco, or Marco, Rocco to the ground Marco. and they're over him. And then they eventually let him know like, hey, it's just us. So once Rocco gets off the ground, he's looking around and he literally is freaking the fuck out. He's looking at all he's these dead bodies everywhere. He's having an episode. He's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Like, yeah. that's literally all he said. He's literally. They certainly have the, the, the diversity of that word put down in that scene. Ah, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Flashes back to Green Goblin. Another flashback, guys. You got a drink. 
yeah, everybody sorry. drink. Yeah. This flashback goes right back to the same room they were in, but the, now we see Green Goblin discussing why or his theory of what happened. Also, a lot of smoking in this movie. Is that yes. a requirement of like 90s. 90s, 90s police like movies? Is like everyone should be smoking at it's, all times? Yeah, 90s. Char- main characters, sub-characters, policemen, bad guys, good guys, no way. children, smoking. They've really taken smoking out of modern yeah they have they yeah they yeah. actually yeah. unless yeah. you're like it's a big a thing boy. i'm not gonna lie i think that's fantastic it's actually a big thing yeah. unless you're like a bad boy tv yeah, shows unless too you're a bad guy tv shows too TV shows too it's very rare to find a character that smokes and if they do they're usually a villain you exactly. know who smokes yeah, a lot yeah. the bad guy in the mask he smokes oh that's yeah, right yeah yeah he does that. yeah he and does. that movie's really PG. That's the. Like, I, I mean, watched that movie as a kid. I loved Jim Carrey as a child. Yes. Oh my god. Tangent. Okay. Can we go on a tangent? A, a tangent, tangent. Sure. Yes. So let's do PG it. movies <laughs> back in the day. I saw, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <Larry and Joseph. laughs> Excuse them more. In nomine partes Spiritus Santi. PG movies back in the day. I just rewatched Raiders of the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. In kind of, I want to watch the new Indiana Jones. And I was thinking, you know, could my nephews watch it? Well, I think no. PG's movies back in the day, a lot of smoking, scary imagery. Yes. No bad words, but all of those two above, like, would they be worse than the bad words? I feel like The Mask was pretty scary for a kid. For a PG, yeah. I mean, it's got... I was listening. And there's a lot of jokes in there that are very adult. Like, Jim Carrey pulls a condom out of his pocket. Yeah. Goes over people's heads if you're not paying attention. Mm Mm-hmm. Literally. I don't yeah. know if you're familiar with this movie, Daniel, so I apologize if I'm bringing up something that you're totally unaware of. But I was li- listening to like a celebrity podcast recently, mm. and it was Rachel Lee Cook talking about like, oh, I like her. Old, older movies that she can watch with her kids. She has a daughter who's like, I want to say like eight or nine, something like that. Okay. And she said she recently watched Don't Tell Them. Don't tell mom the babysitter's yes. dead. Woo! Yeah. Christina Applegate. Yeah. And Thank so you. um Rachel Bilson is the other the host of the podcast, and she's like, Is that safe? And she's like, you Summer know, Roberts. there's like some things that about Summer it. Roberts? That, OC, yes, right? Summer, Summer Roberts. Roberts. Okay. Um, there's some things about it that are a little questionable. Yes. And then I was just thinking about it, and I was like, Yeah, there's a brother who smokes weed, which yep. is like questionable to show to kids because you don't yeah. know what they're yeah. gonna think about that. Um there's a daughter who's pretending to be like 25 and she's like drinking martinis yes. and like Working. getting hit on by like older men. Yep. So there's some questionable things, but Whoa. like at the end of it, you still think it's a kid's movie, right? You could say the same with any of the one, like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. There's a lot of jokes in that movie. So after everything goes down at the hotel, all the boys and Rocco go back to Rocco's place. All the boys? To kind of, yeah. all, the all the boys. Uh, so that they can Hello, kind of boys. talk about... Were there, milk, were there milkshakes there because all the boys went there? Obviously. Okay. Duh. Oh, can you put a ringing bell right then? The yard was full of people in line, you know. So anyway, That's they're true. talking inside, and this is where the McManus uh, brothers, Connor and Murphy, kind of dispel to Rocco what they're up to and how they're basically ridding the world of evil. They're, mm-hmm. Yes. They're the world Before that, we do want to touch on the fact that in the hotel room, Rocco is sent in by the mob yep with a six shooter and there are nine people that's it right yeah and there are nine bodies that the brothers disperse of Mm -hmm. so in all of that we can get from that that the mafia knew that rocco wasn't going to make it out alive and the brothers now back at the apartment are trying to convey that to him but he won't believe it no, he believes that the the mob cares about him because he's been working for them since they he was care 15, about me, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, he even says I'm the funny guy. I'm the funny man. I'm the funny guy. Like, dude, they don't care about funny you. Funny like a That's clown. Why they're sending you in there with 
six bullets hoping you might get one off, but who cares? <laughs> they didn't care. No. Um, they sent him in sorry, to kill stuck. him. I got, got, got one off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, you didn't look up, but I was, making, one off. I was making some crude gestures over here. If we had video, soon, guys, soon video. No, you didn't but want that. But he, oh, oh, oh. he basically just freaks out after they tell him that. and says, yes, no, yeah. I, they, they wouldn't do that to me. Blah, blah, blah. Yes. And then but, it then switches his tone. But yes, he's also on board for what they're trying to do. He thinks that their plan is fantastic. He was like, there's so many guys that I wish he knows exist. Everyone. He makes yeah. it, They make it awful for people to exist. Like, you guys are doing the Lord's work. And, and, and. Rocco being who he is, he's got connection and ties all over the city. He knows all the bad guys. He, he can actually be quite valuable to them. Yes. Yeah, facilitate. He's uh, basically like their GPS. He is the find my iPhone for the 90s. <gasps> yes. One might call find him. Find my Rocco. One might fall, <laughs> call him the 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 uh, Charlie to the Charlie's angel. Oh, oh he's Bosley. Yes. He's Bosley and Charlie. Okay. A little bit of blood. Oh, because he's funding it and giving them Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good one. Okay. I'm I'm just saying. Oh my god, I think he got something there. I think they're more like double dragon, but double What? Dragon. You know double dragon. Yes, but what? They're brothers. And they fight evil. This is where I tell you to just stop. Damn it, Cherry. Damn, Damn it, Jerry. Cherry. <laughs> Let us know if you guys want that on a t shirt. I want it. I want it. This is true. I am I thinking. Just da- da- Daniel, Daniel's got some merch ideas, guys. We I just really want to do. throw that stuff out there. If you guys are willing and you guys want some merch from us, we, you know, we'd be down to make some merch. Oh, awesome. we're going to do one-offs anyway. Yeah. And if people would like them, then we can do more and we can yeah. talk prices and shit. You know? Heard, yeah. $25.99 plus shipping. So another important detail about while they're at Rocco's kind of <laughs> going over the night's events and what they're up to <clears throat> is that... They get so excited, or Rocco gets so excited. Rocco, it's just Rocco. It's just Rocco, and mm-hmm. he's like banging away on the table. Well, they right? saw a fadeaway. The they're room. like a, a montage again of them drinking and stuff. So they get hammered. Yeah. So yeah, they're montage, all montage. Oh, montage. Woo! Oh, wait, 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 wait. Drinking wait, montage and a fade to black. Oh my god, it doesn't <laughs> matter. It's a drinking montage because it's no. an Irish movie. Wait, There's wait, been wait. Several montages, and we didn't name. it. Any no, of no, no. them. We don't need to. This is the only one. The beginning one that... opening scene was a montage. I know. This is the only one that matches. Church Taj. A boom Taj? Wait. They opened with the church. Wait. Oh, church Taj. Daniel's wait. saying, wait, and we're oh, just sorry, talking sorry. by ourselves, just ignoring <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm literally over here trying to expel. Um, this is the montage to end all montages. There needs to be no more for or before. For uh-huh. or before. This is a fade to black. A drinking one, and it's a montage. Yes. You should just finish whatever's in your cup. Yeah, finish what's in your cup, your water, if you're driving. I mean, responsibly. Yeah, drink responsibly. If you're 21, respect the rules of your prospective country. Mm -hmm. Mikey, if you're listening to this, driving to Portland, please pull over. Yes. Um, Yeah, no no, no drinking and driving unless it's water. Water. You can have some water. Apple juice. A shot of water. You can fucking guzzle some water. Hydrate. I love apple juice. Yeah. (laughs) Let's get it. Do it. I I think, yeah, I mean, thank you for cutting me off and all that. Yes. No, it's... All right. That was fun. Thanks. But um in this in this montage, boontage that I'm going to The call it, montage. Yes. Rocco gets so excited and hyped and he's like banging on the table and to then be the a next part of thing it. you he's know, <laughs> like this I don't know how to like say it, but like he kinda he 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 kinda he Wait, 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 wait. I'm gonna cut you off real quick. Before you finish. Oh, they heard it. No, oh. no, they didn't. There is something there is something else on the table. Yes. Oh, yes. There's a, there's a little... 
There's a kitty cat. Yeah, there's a living cat on the table. What well, wasn't you know dead what? before? <laughs> Wait a minute. Now I'm upset because I didn't see you have the same reaction from the John Wick dog to this cat. Yeah. And oh. this cat, way worse. Oh, you like dogs yeah. and cats, bro. Uh, wow. Wow. Your true colors. Wait, are wait, 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 wait. Okay. Wow. I was actually wow. sad wow. when the cat died. It didn't need to die. Okay, but it didn't feel anything. It it was here. Let's just all right. We're open on this podcast, and I love everyone here, and I love our audience. <laughs> um, it's because it wasn't as a deeper cut and as a relatable meaning. Yeah, that's for true. Me. There was no and a personal. So I I had more of like a personal for the viewers. I had more of like a personal connection to a, losing someone and a dog in my life than losing a okay. cat. I hear you. And someone. So that it was more of a personal it. loss. That's, that's but again, it is still animals are animals and I love animals. Also, so. I'm totally joking cuz like I'm it's yeah. not like you didn't say no, anything. I know. You just didn't I had have a wait. No, I had a, big a 180 of a reaction. reaction from this to the dog. 100%. When it happened, I was like, "Oh shit." <laughs> like, you know, I was more like laughing about that's it. That's what the moment is. Yes. Yeah, and it was it I was more shock, but like yeah. afterwards I was like that that's he just killed a that sucks. That cat did nothing. You yeah, know? no, that's but I what wasn't I'm like, like he I did have that definitely reaction. didn't have a cry a reaction thing. like I did with John Wick. Yeah, you know, like I definitely but cried we built with up, John Wick. We built up a rapport with the dog. Yes, at that point. It was a cute as, dog. As an audience member, I was like, no, that's my dog too. Also, so. yeah, and I mean, they're both innocent animals. They both didn't deserve to die. <laughs> Don't come at me, Peter. Who's Peter? I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. no actual animals were harmed during filming, but it does happen briefly, and it's um. It took me by surprise. Yes. I but think it took everyone it by surprise. It wasn't like scary, but it took me by surprise. It's a very Tarantino mm-hmm. moment. Yes. Extremely. 100%. That was something we went on a tangent about. We probably cut it, but just so that you're aware, like this sh- this movie is heavily influenced. It has to be. Yes. Especially that man, scene. That is like, legend that is direct, uh, not rip off, direct kind of uh, ode to the famous Pulp Fiction scene where Marcus poorly meets his demise. Mm-hmm. Yes, so that must Google be it if you want. We and, will and do with that information what you will. Um, should we cover Quentin Tarantino movies at some? No. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there, I mean, we... I do want to do. I like Inglorious Bastards. Everyone is very mixed on this topic, and I, we, we are... don't need to go into super detail. But we're going. Yeah, to everyone has. A, Here's what I will say: we've had this chat before. Movie. I think what we have to do as a podcast. Is separate the artist from the art, the, the from one? the art. Yes, the artist from Thank the you. art. We have to do that because I think if we, if some of us around this table have problems with said director, yeah, or studio that put it out, yes, we have to be able to talk about the movie kind of objectively and and not have those views come across when we're talking about the movie. Yeah. I think we've been pretty successful about that. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I don't get me wrong. Look, too. I grew up watching Pulp Fiction, Dust Till Dawn, Desperado, True Romance, Reservoir Dogs, yep. when I shouldn't have. Yeah. Okay. Made, so, yeah. you know, I've got feelings on those movies. I grew up watching them, blah, Kill blah, Bill blah. Kill came out while I was in high school, I want to say, or junior high. So, like, it was just this huge, like, yeah. Uh, it was like a cultural movement at the time. Like it was just a really big deal. Everyone loved the movie. Everyone was yeah. like, raving about it. Yeah. So then it was really cool if you liked Quentin Tarantino. I, I like Quentin cooler. Tarantino, but it's not like I like all of his movies, you know? Like no. I just like a certain handful of them. I've been going back because really the only thing I was familiar with was Kill Bill. 
and um, Death Proof. Those were two movies that were like really That's cool him and Robert indie Rodriguez. movies <clears throat> to like. Like if you if you liked movies but you wanted to be super cool about it, super then you cool. would like watch those movies. Yeah. And I remember feeling super cool. But now looking back, I'm like, oh, this is a this is problematic. Yeah. Well, I was the same as you though, but except mine was with horror movies, like. Okay. Nineteen ninety four. I was watching like Freddy and stuff like that. I wasn't born in ninety four, by the way. I was. I'm just gonna say everyone knows my age. I was born in eighty seven. So I was watching Puppet Master in ninety ninety one. Hellraiser. And I was like, what? Six years old. I saw all of those. Five years old. Yeah. I was like really young, and I I was watching Freddy Krueger. It came out in eighty seven, right? Yeah. I I was born that year. I I watched it probably when I was four. Jesus like, Christ! Yeah, we. I don't know why, but I I watched horror movies with with my parents. Wasn't like, like a, a few thing, movies but... back in the day, which I know nothing about because I'm 115. <laughs> the Godfather, Malcolm yes. X, It were all double VHS. Oh yes, oh and Titanic, God. and Titanic, yeah, Titanic, Titanic was a double, was a double VHS. VHS. and Gone with the Wind. Oh well, that's like 16 VHS. Yeah, that that's like four. I've never watched Gone four. with the Wind because it's, it's too four. many. My mom had the box set. I yeah, think it was it's four, like four, four, of them. four, four to eight VHS tapes. Yes. One of them. Man, that's a they whole had pack. them all, dude. They had the Star Trek and all. Anyway, I'm going on a tangent. They had too many box sets. Like not real, not real tapes. I, I think just want to have some VHSs, just yes. like to have. I have a few display. actually. My wife gave me Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I have a like an original Star Wars on VHS. So Connor and Murphy are really trying to convince Rocco that like the mob was definitely trying to set him up. He yep. did not have enough bullets to yep. successfully take out all the guys at the hotel. Nope. So it was a full setup. He was not mm-hmm. intended to survive that situation, which is why I say again that the joke didn't actually go over well. No, he storms off. So Rocco storms off. He doesn't believe them. And he's like, I just got to go check in with my guys and do like my thing. I'll call you guys. Mm -hmm. And so Rocco leaves for a few hours. The guys wait by the phone uh, for his call to figure out what the hell is going to happen while they're waiting it out at Rocco's place. Well, can I just say it's actually Rocco's girlfriend's place? That's right. And it's his girlfriend's cat. Yes, that's that was killed to note. So, so let's yeah let's yeah I want to make that a note. <laughs> so while there, the uh, McManus boys are waiting for Rocco to return, his girlfriend suddenly walks back into the his apartment, life. and like she had been gone for several days. He mentions how his girlfriend's like a a a, a junkie. We get yeah, the impression like, that she's always way to put it. partying, inebriated, yeah. inebriated, always drunk. She's under the influence of something. There yes. you go. Um, so her and a girlfriend Smoking drugs. are there <laughs> and they're just like, where's, Ro-? no, they don't even know. They, they don't, don't even care that Rocco's not there. They're just kind of no, in their own world. Like, oh, they that's also, probably Rocco's friends and they just go hang out in the living room. Yeah. They also have no idea what the name of the cat is. No, no they have no idea. So then yeah. <laughs> Rocco returns and he is kind of like. Frantic. Frantic, yes. That's the perfect word to describe he's it. He's frantic throughout the, the most of the movie. And he's like basically like, oh my God, you guys were right. Oh my God, you guys were right. And he's like, <laughs> I killed everybody. We got to get out of here. You got to get the fuck out of here. So he's just running around the apartment. He's all frantic. He's like, I'm 100% in now. You're right. They're wrong. Like, fuck these guys. Um, he's not listening to anyone. The girls are calling his name. The boys are trying to get his attention. Mm-hmm. He's talking to himself, packing a bag. He's packing completely useless stuff. Random stuff. Random stuff. It's off yeah. the kitchen counter. Like he's putting stuff in the bag that he doesn't need. Blender. In my notes, I wrote, <laughs> Rocco has cracked. Yeah. Yes. Big time. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. 
So eventually they get out of there. Um, he, Not before he tells his girlfriend, I killed your fucking cat. He yes. Screams then, it in her face. And then screams at her to tell her, tell him the cat's name. Yeah. And she can't do it. She doesn't even have a name for the cat. She no. calls it Snippy or something. Snicky, yeah. Snippy. Skippy. Skippy. She's, Thank yeah, uh, clawing at nothing. Yeah. Um, and they, Pun intended. <laughs> oh, jeez. And so they leave um, kind of all in a huff. And on to the next location they Flashback. go. Now, now there are three-part kind of trio, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yes. And this is when Rocco goes to Dino. this... Yes. diner this is the flashback of this him. is the One flashback just, that's why he's freaking out yes and it's telling exactly what he found out and he comes across these two other mob guys that i assume he works alongside yeah but they also look surprised to see him the owner the the <laughs> what do you call him the uh, the burger owner guy the, the bar owner. <laughs> the diner owner yeah, yeah the he diner. seems to be surprised that rocco's walked in the other two when they see him also seem very surprised yes but they're also sniffing a lot in this scene, so you know they're high. Like they're but doing a lot of coke. That's they're doing a lot of cocaine, yeah. Right? And and they're they do. De- you're right, Daniel. They do look like they are surprised to see him alive, mm. which kind of brings full circle to Rocco and him saying, "Oh shit!" Like he should have died. Connor and Murphy weren't they weren't lying. Like they really thought I was gonna die. And so now that the boys point has been proven he decides to take out these two fools and the diner owner yeah and not, like, not not in such a sleek way either no not the sleekest way it's definitely not without it's very um, haphazard yeah a lot of mistakes i think that they would be able to tie mm. rocco back to this murder relatively easily yes but it is all impulse you can tell that there was a lot of passion behind this murder as well he clearly wanted to be like a good guy. He just wanted to work for the mob and make enough money to like survive and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they fucked him over, so he had a passionate exit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they all hop no in the two car. Week notice. And Rocco basically <laughs> asked the boys if they'd be willing to take out Yakavetta. Ye- Ye- yep. Yep. Did I say that right? Yeah. Um, to take out Yakavetta and his goons, essentially, to which they're one hundred percent on board. Mm-hmm. And he knows where Ron Jeremy hangs out. Which is their next location. And where do you think Ron fucking Jeremy hangs out? Wait, wait, wait. I got it. I got it. I got it. Denny's. For sure. I thought you were going to say the jungle or Bamboola or No, he's just really into the uh, Grand Slam. Yes. They have a a meal. Moons over my hammy. Moons over my hammy. (laughs) They have a meal. Moons over my hammy also. That's (laughs) That's his name. That's his meal. (laughs) Oh, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) Well, no, I think the Moons over my hammy is an appetizer. Ends with the Grand Slam. Yeah. (laughs) Ron's gl- Grand Slam. Ron's Grand Slam. Say that ten Ew. times fast. I know. So, like the previous scenes, uh, the strip club, we also see in a montage of flashbacks mm-hmm. through the detective's eyes. Once again, we see Smecker coming in with the local police department and their investigation. No Greenlee. No Greenlee this time, though. Huh? probably getting coffee. Probably was getting coffee. Or donuts. Uh, Milkshakes. Bagels. Milkshakes. 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 That, too. And at this point, you know, they're doing the same thing they've done before where Smacker does this thing. Are you sure that's not Greenlee right there? And I mean, Greenlee's not standing in the middle of the room with him. Oh, is, is, is he here? No, he's there. No, yeah. he's there. I he's just, there. We didn't see him. He was there. Sorry, guys. 
Also, <laughs> yeah. no, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was gonna say there's also another scene in this in this part of the movie that was just it doesn't really need to be. You know which bit? That's just a scene that I just thought that like they didn't really need to like just add. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little yeah. weird, and like I shock, think I shock think time. I think that's more Tarantino influenced. Yeah. To be honest. So again, they're in a strip club. I they're going over that. this murder. There is a point where they're talking about like what happened in this scenario, and Rocco is in a room. The lady caller has passed out. Lady, yes, and she is topless. Yes. And Rocco takes it upon himself in this moment while the others are distracted to Copperfield. Yes. Yeah. Grossly. Yeah. On a passed out woman, which I just felt like you're right. could have been a Tarantino add in. I mean, influence. I think it's there to be kind of, again, like that kind of dark comedic element, but mm -hmm. it's. It just doesn't work. It's like, what's comedic about a passed out lady? Well, it's gratuitous. It's, it, it, it's why I like Hawk back to the Tarantino vibe. Yep. Hawk! Do it, everybody! Do it. I haven't said quintessential yet, so quintessential is that on our list of words? Isn't it? We're gonna need an official list of words. The other one I say, I thought it was quintessential. Official list of Daniel words. Yeah, Danielism. Yeah, Danielism. Yes. Onlydans.com. That's on there. Forward slash. Show me your feet. Toes. Dot com. So at this point, the police are also getting really frustrated because they can't quite pinpoint who's behind all of this. Yeah, because this scene throws them off because they they come across bodies that have been similarly unalived by the brothers, but they also have this other person and other person that was haphazardly shot, messy, messy yeah. not kind of you know choreographed like the brothers. So. At this point, the detectives, even Smacker, is doubting whether it's the brothers that did it or whether it's like a copycat and throwing everyone for a loop. Are you crying? Eye drops? Yeah, okay. I was thinking more that you were doing that face that Leonardo does in... Um, oh. <laughs> it's a Robert De Niro face. In, um, um, what was yeah. the movie we were just talking? Django, where he's like... Oh, oh yeah. yeah. You, know, you know that meme? <laughs> yeah. Like, he yeah. looked like that. Oh, I, I, I <laughs> So I thought you it. were doing that. And I was like, why are you doing that oh. right now? <laughs> Is it because we were talking about Tarantino for so long? No. No, no. no. Oh. Um, so, yeah, they're really incensed by the fact that they can't quite figure this out. And Smecker is slowly losing his He's mind. losing his fucking marbles. They're, they're leaking out of his head every scene. Can we say again that William is doing a fucking fantastic job? Dude, yes. He's he's the person keeping me into the movie, to mm -hmm. be completely honest. Well, his character is actually, it grows. You, you see a character development in his character. Yeah, he becomes like a better detective, I yes. would say, because of He was this already case. good. He yes. was already good, yeah. Yes, but I feel like this kind of makes him this this case uniquely him, better after this. He had to try harder, right? Yeah. I think I want to point out every time we see Smacker, I feel like he's more slightly more unhinged. Yes, like he's too. very well pulled together in the beginning. His you know his ties all the way up, his shirt, his jacket, uh -huh. even the way he smokes. Like he does he does everything very elegantly. Mm -hmm. Every time we see him after that, like his hair is more tussled. Drunk, his tie erratic. becomes yeah his tie becomes like slightly looser okay and then you know when we get to the like the the el duce scene his shirt's completely untucked he's sweating yes his hair's a mess like he gets more and more 
unhinged, yeah. Like unraveled exactly. by kind of living through the brothers. Yeah. Brothers? The Bubbas. The Bubbas. Oh, um, so no, it makes that makes perfect sense. Um the next the next portion too, you can see that not only is Smecker's character kind of devolving, if you will, but so is y- Yakaveta. So Yakaveta is not sure what to do about the situation. He no. also doesn't fully know how to get it back in control. So did anybody else get the impression? Did this guy remind anybody else of the dad from Kick-Ass? The like evil dad from Kick-Ass? What, Yakubet? Yeah, Yakubet? McLovin's dad. McLovin's dad in Yakubet's character? What, what yes. is his name? Oh my god. Mark he looks Strong. like the guy from the, the, D- the D- one that gets blown D- with D- the bazooka in in yeah, who is oh, fuck? His name's Mark Strong, but I can't think of the character. Um, yeah. This guy reminded me so much of that character because he's bold. No, like, well, I mean, I guess aesthetically wise, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Visually, they look similar for sure. Definitely have like the same kind of bald, but like growing on the sides and yeah, like yeah. the suit and tie all the time. Definitely visually, well, they're both similar. they're both mob bosses. But yeah, how they deliver their mob bossness, like their demeanors, sure. are almost. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. It's a little weird. And also the shaved head. Me of that. The shaved head kind of did it. And not a diss or anything. I no, just no, thought it no, was like comparison. very, very similar yeah. delivery. Um, and I think maybe that plays into the stereotype of what a mob boss Frank is. D'Amico. That's Frank right. D'Amico. Yes. Thank you. It was like so Italian. I knew who yeah. it was like right there. And that guy's it's not horribly like, stereotypical. That guy's, the actor's yeah. real name is Mark Strong. Yes, he's great. British okay. actor. Yeah. yeah. and He's British? Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, he's been in a lot of movies, Kingsman. like The Kingsman, Golden Circle. Okay. He's done a lot. Yeah, he's, he's cool. He's awesome. cool. I like him a lot. I feel like if you play a mob boss, he was in once, King Arthur. Zero get Dark ready 30. to play mob yeah. bosses forever. You can get typecast, but I feel <laughs> you can't. Well, the guy from again, again, the guy from The Mask, that villain, he's a villain. In he's everything. always a villain. Always yeah. a villain. Unfortunately, everyone from uh, The Karate Kid, a villain. But I guess you can turn that on its head because William Defoe, I've said before, looks like a villain. Man's yeah. is creepy. Man's is creepy. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. Man's is creepy. Willem who? Willem Dafoe. Daniel's first one. Yay. Thank you. This has been the break. Back to the movie. You might as well drink. So, um, Yakaveta is concerned about the situation. And so he goes to this seemingly regular he's another boss though you know yes. blue collar worker he's just a janitor guy uh-huh. just comes up to him and he's i think like, they're called toilet attendants he's also blind a janitor he's not fucking blind i think he's meant to be but he's not fucking blind he's retired yeah but it doesn't yeah. make him blind he's, i think he's blind just because he's, he's retired he has, make a him... bl- he has a stick and he taps around the bathroom okay he... but he's not fucking blind he might not be the actor be probably is not no not well the actor fucking isn't but the character isn't either they're supposed to be portraying blind they never ever say he's pretending to be blind but motherfuckers pretending but i think he's pretending because he's a mafia boss so so yakaveta goes up to this guy and he basically is like i need baba yaga but <laughs> baba yaga in this vi- in this movie is not baba yaga it is a character named el duce el duce which, which translates to number 2 the duke <laughs> Who does number two work for? Thank you. You get I that? I thought El Duce stood you, for something. You didn't know what that was? Do you get that? No, I, I that What? Who does number head. two work for? 
They stormed me lucky. Yeah, blow your O-ring out. <laughs> Austin Powers. I can't okay. believe. Oh, it man. makes you need sense. To, I mean, dude, two. you got to dude. Yeah, you got to watch that. Sense. The Duke. Back to the Duke. <laughs> the guy in the bathroom who's portraying a blind guy is a retired Yakaviti. Different Yaka, syndicate. Yakaveta. Yakaveta. I think he's a different syndicate. No, he is the retired Yakaveta oh, mob boss. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, so okay. He's retired underboss. So he's a retired underboss. He does no longer does any work. That's what they say. Um, and but he knows how to get in touch with the most famous, deadliest hitman. The in deadliest the world. hitman who's locked up. They can get him out. No, sure. Yeah. And yeah. his only rules are that he doesn't, he doesn't kill women or children. That is his rule. Which is the same rule as Leon the Professional, which if you haven't watched, please go watch that, even though it's, it's shrouded in controversy. Not controversy. Horror? Yes. That movie? Okay. Yeah. Luke Besson's come under a lot of fire recently. So I've never seen mm-hmm. it, but I've heard of it because, again, Natalie Portman. Again, we, separate we the art a, from the artist. It's uh, a good movie. But. I'll try to because I'm, op- I'm willing to open my eyes. Don't open them too far. It's shrouded in controversy. All right. So he's um, recruited El Duce or asked to have El Duce be recruited. And this is supposed to be very... The reason I call them Baba Yaga is that he's basically the boogeyman of this universe. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, he is the person that you call if you are in a bind and you need someone taken out. He will not stop at nothing. He will not, uh, like I said, his only lines are women and children. So he's the last line of defense, if you will. Oh, my God. You just named like 15. I, I, in my head, every time you said something, I would just named different movies. You just <laughs> named like 15 different yeah. ones. I only speak the Terminator. in movie <laughs> Yeah, like, you, you know, you named like the last line of defense. That's yeah. something. The, the unstoppable force. That's like the Terminator. <laughs> the greatest hitman in the world, John Wick. Like, yeah, you just went through all of them. That was yeah. great. Thank wow. you. Thank you. You know, Yeah, round of applause, Jerry. Insert round of applause. Round of applause. Thank, thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Take a bow. Take I'll a bow. I'll take all my flowers now. Mm-hmm. Throw them on there. So Rocco um, gets some information about where our last kind of big showdown is going to be for this kind of like final. Timmy. Like take out of the bad guys. Is that right? What? What? That's why they're letting him out. You think? Yeah. Because he's going to go kill the brothers. I think yeah, basically, yeah. That, he's gonna well, go take out Rocco because that's the only person they know that is part of it. But aside from that, oh, they that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. They we, think it's Rocco. I do like to say that there, this is counts as a montage in my mind because as the janitor guy is talking to the bo- mob boss about the Duke, yeah, it's flashing back and forth in a montagey way of the Duke getting paroled. Correct. That's to get right. outside, so it is a montage. Everybody fucking drink. Oh, I would also like point. to point while you're doing that. And then I'll reconvene. The Duke is played by uh, Billy Connolly. He is uh-huh. a very famous Scottish comedian. Uh, he that sound that last name sounds Celtic. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Not to be fused with Kevin Connolly from Entourage. Oh, <laughs> I've never watched Entourage in my <gasps> life. Seemed like the first season, I think. Timmy. I just like the main guy, Adrian Grenier. Yeah. Hate mm-hmm. him. Timmy. Anyway, um. <laughs> So there's this scene that Rocco uh, and the boys, Connor and Murphy, are sitting in the car and they're trying to figure out, or sitting outside somewhere at a bar, I believe, yep. and they're trying to figure out what their next target is or group of people that they're going to erase from this earth. And Rocco has an idea about someone from his past who is a calculated hitman. Yes. He's a hitman and he doesn't care 
The problem Rocco has is this guy doesn't care who he kills. He kills yeah, women, children. He's got no rules. And he yeah, was there yeah, when no this rules. guy killed an entire family, including the children. Yeah. And Rocco didn't like that. So he thinks this guy is bad enough that he can he has to go. So once again, we see Smecker and the boys. They're at the next crime scene. And Smecker's heavily destroyed look. crime scene. Yeah, yeah he is maybe like, the worst one. He is definitely freaking out. Can like, I just say I did have a problem with uh, with the way that this kind of merges together. I didn't like a flashback of Rocco's story. And then now we're at a fast forward scene. I just didn't like that. <laughs> that like threw me off a lot. Yeah. Like how going, we just yeah. get, went from one to the other. Yeah. I think it was I think it was quite well done. It, at the I, end, it makes sense. But he sure. was thrown off in the beginning. I don't really love the back and forth of the storytelling, but that's a personal opinion. Yes. But again, we're getting smacker. You know, he is more, he is more and more disheveled as time is going on. We're even seeing him smoking at a crime scene while he's trying to put it all together. Mm -hmm. Um, this time with the flashback, we're kind of seeing it happen in real time, quote unquote, while he is narrating what he believes happened. Yeah. He's, he's like not, superimposed. He, into yeah. It. He, yeah. Thank you. He's not actually not only narrating the, what, what happened. He's actually in the scene. Yes. So we're seeing it like almost like a fourth wall break in a way. It's kind of cool. Yeah. It's kind of cool how we can see from his perspective of what's happening, but I think this is there. how he sees the crime scenes. I think we're finally seeing how he, when he's retelling oh, them yes. through his eyes. Yeah. So the first scene, when we see him with the opera music and the music and he's doing his little, with the sink and, little and, dance the and stuff down the stuff. Yeah. He's seeing everything, but we're not. And no, now, and now we're as the audience, we're finally seeing Good how Smacker sees the crime. Brain sense. buster. Everybody yeah, drink like for that, that brain buster. No, huh? I like that a lot, actually. And um, woody, visually... Woody, woody. Visually, it's actually really good because one of my biggest things when I first watched it was like, well, why didn't they keep up with like the music and him wearing the headphones? Yeah. Like, I wanted them to do that the entire time. But I actually like it because more and more we chip away at who Smecker is yep. visually by seeing mm -hmm. how he sees the crime scene and showing it in a different aspect each time makes the movie more interesting to watch, whereas it could get really repetitive if he was going to do the same thing every time. So I actually have a new appreciation for how this movie is put together. Yeah. It's actually really interesting. I hadn't thought about it like that. There's a scene in here that Daniel loves. It is where this <laughs> one his survivor is so like stupid. struggling to like, he's like, don't shoot me. And yeah. then it's not funny at all. Yeah, he's praying. No, he's begging like, for his life. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's all the, the way that the editing makes it is like, they add this ching and time with the music as he catches the bullet after he shoots the guy. And yeah. it's like, it's so artsy fartsy. It made me laugh. It's I very really kind like of it. like, um, uh, it's very John Wick to me. It's very, there's a scene in Inception when Leo's character is in a dream and he's taking out said bad guys with a silenced pistol, which is what the brothers favor. Yeah. But he's not only doing it, he's catching the bullets to not leave evidence behind. Oh, wow. And, um, Wow. I don't know. It's silly. It's not needed. It's just kind of cool for being cool. I get that. I think a lot of, or not a lot of, but I think there are some parts of this movie that I'm like, yeah, just kind of take like your brain out of it for a hot second. It's just kind of like movie moving. And then it's the, a movie being movie. It's a movie, being which a we movie. love saying. Yeah, absolutely. Again, not our catchphrase. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. No, I thought that was yours. No. No, there's a YouTube channel. Can I? 
It's CinemaSins. Yeah. Oh, I love of, CinemaSins. Yeah. Yeah. They movie say movie, movie. movie movies got a movie. Yes, you're right. Now now I can hear it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So not our catchphrase. Yep. And we Shout love, out to CinemaSins for that. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, CinemaSins. Which I accidentally called us once. Yes. There's some podcast where I called yeah. us that by accident. <laughs> anyway, so they so they clean out they clean out this house, um, this place. They get everybody in that motherfucker. Um, no women or children were harmed. Yes, in the, in the making. In the scene. making, no. And so they exit the house, kind of like feeling like, yeah, we got it. Yeah. Also, William De- Willem Dafoe is narrating this part, and he's like, they had no idea what was awaiting them outside. Because they thought it was uh, the way Smacker's telling the story. Of course, as the audience were seeing what happens, Smacker thinks it was the brothers and Rocco against like an army. Yes. The way he's describing it sounds like a bunch of people out here. But it's really one guy, multiple guns. And and Greenlee's the one that calls it. Yeah. Greenlee says, no, it's probably one guy with six guns. And they all like, you fucking idiot. Yeah, and it was. Of course, it's the only time he's been right. Exactly. Yeah, for yeah. an absurd thing to think. Right. Yeah. One guy was and they don't even find out if he's right or not. Goro from Mortal Kombat. He has six <laughs> arms. <laughs> Goro. Yeah. And this is where I wrote down um, Grand Ending El Duce Six Guns. Yes. That's all right. My fa- One of my that favorite lines by Willem it, Dafoe right? right here. For a few seconds, there was a was- firefight. Oh, for this for a few seconds, this place was Armageddon. That's right. And then screams, there was a firefight. And have we said how disheveled William- Willem Dafoe-, Dafoe gets throughout the movie? Oh yeah, the whole time. The At whole this time. point, he's like, his underbags are on another level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the man needs a wet wipe. Yes, agreed. Uh, I want to point out in this scene mm-hmm. that we have paused on. Yes, Billy Connolly was so enthralled with playing this character that's completely out of his norm that he has a cigar in his mouth he's got shades on big leather coat kind of matrix-esque before the matrix all these guns and he his expression is that he's kind of smiling and enjoying it it's real because he couldn't contain himself Mm -hmm. that he was just so so far removed from his norm playing this character be it you know a hitman blah 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 worst character in the world he was just so excited. He was a comedian, his, yeah. I yeah, would. yeah. That his like his facial expressions, his actions, it's it's all it's all him, mm-hmm. not the character, because he was just having such a lark playing it. That's crazy. I mean, I, I can't imagine the feeling of being someone who's like known as a comedian or the funny man. The funny man. Yeah. And you, you know? get to play this like super serious, super serious like, killer character. Yeah, yeah. And like that's super interesting. And then. Um, Shortly after, we kind of see this, like, wild shootout of Il Duce and the boys and mm-hmm. everything. We see that um, Smecker is, like, torn apart. He is so sweaty. Yes. So. And he's sitting on the steps. <laughs> Why are you all sweaty? <laughs> Why are you all sweaty? And he's sitting on the steps, and he's, like, oh, there's, like, blood. He's, like, trying to take a sample of it. Mm-hmm. And, like, the sample comes back, and she's, like, I don't know. It's all bleached out. I don't yeah. know what's you know. going on. There's, like, an element that's, like, we don't know that's here. And so he, like, picks it up, and he sniffs it, and he, like, puts it in other people's faces. And he's, like, it's ammonia. And so he's <laughs> Think of full He's losing meltdown. it properly. He starts going it. into the meltdown. bushes saying, where are they? Where are they? And then ends up stumbling across a treasure trove of a piece of 
a piece of a treasure trove, and it is Rocco's finger. Ah, Part of yes. Rocco's yep. finger. Part of Rocco's finger got shot off by El Duce. Yep. He picks it up quietly, puts it in his pocket, and yeah, actually he, doesn't tell anyone. Yeah, nope. yeah, yeah. Just walks away. This with- is the moment I like because he's so far lost it to the point where he's kind of given up that he now goes on his own investigation outside mm. of the investigation. Yes. Because now no he just ranger. needs answers no because mad. he's Yeah, now he just wants to know. Mind. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He's gone full Willem Dafoe. I think that he's kind of seeing the evil <laughs> in the bad people in Boston. And he's like, you know, I kind of want to, I get it now. I want to help them. Because that's what it's he hard. Says. He it's does hard actually, to argue that the yeah. deaths are, don't make the city somewhat safer. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, it's it's a hard perspective to look at because you're like, well, I'm looking for a murderer. A murderer. But he's not murdering innocent this is the whole ethical no. question about so the whole movie the ethics of yeah here's the ethics of boondock saints and i think that's why movies like this are really hard for me to grapple with because i'm not really i an eye for an eye type of person no so like revenge really i don't really love the a revenge this, this is line, this is vigilante justice this isn't revenge yeah this, this is, is vigilante this justice. isn't like john wick i mean like you can't really account no. john wick's methods but you can understand them Mm-hmm. This is vigilante justice on a on a level, different level. Yes, and, and some people understand it. Oh no, I get it, and I get it too. I feel so. like vigilante justice is taking on different forms in media today too. Like because we have movies like Joker, right? Yep, which mm-hmm. is vigilante justice, but it's not from this kind of perspective of like the anti-hero. But that's a tough one too. He's because he's not an anti-hero, right? He's not a hero. No. He's a vigilante. But he's also troubled, which makes it harder to yep. not comprehend, but um, appease what he's doing. Yes. So I don't know. This is just like, I think it's a very specific genre. Yeah. And you're kind mm-hmm. of into it, depending on the movie, or you're kind of not into it. Because like, I like Kick-Ass a lot. But it's that's kind of that's 100% vigilante justice. 100%. Yeah. So I don't know. Just something to ponder about regarding this movie. Jerry Ponder. I'm pondering. I'm thinking. So the boys see that Smecker, the next day after everything has gone down, the boys see that Smecker is handling the case. By the way, they went through this like really bloody montage of like, like, like getting themselves together. Yeah, like they're like, like, they're, they're, yeah. They had injuries. Uh Oh, they're they're cauterizing the wounds. Jinx, you owe me a Coke. You owe me a Coke. I'm not into it. But the next day, the boys see that Smecker is handling the case. And Rocco is like, oh, we should take this guy out. This like FBI guy. But the boys have a kinship yeah. with Smecker. And they're they like, do. he's not to be harmed. Yep. I thought that was really important. They thought he was a good man. They said he's a good man. Well, they weren't harmed good people. Yes. No. So they that's weren't. not their thing. They're no. saints. Yeah. So they're like, he's not to be harmed. Mm-hmm. Debatable. Uh, Rocco, though, doesn't necessarily go by Shared their same, same uh, no. Line of justice. He's, he's kind of crazy. Of justice. He's Rocco's crazy. lost the plot. So Rocco's like, "Well, I'm just gonna follow this guy. I'll take him out. I don't give a fuck." <laughs> um, and like to some degree, I'm like, I understand where Rocco's coming from. He doesn't have the relationship with Smecker like they do. Yes. So in his line of work, you kind of should take him out. But like, also he's FBI, so like this uh-huh. really isn't a good idea. And Rocco's really messy, so like this was yeah probably a bad idea from the start. Anyway. Rocco follows him into a church uh, where we see a super distraught 
smacker. Drunk. Oh my god, yeah. he's he drunk. Drunk smacker. So drunk. drunk. He exited the bar right before he goes into the church, and he is. I mean, like Irish hammered drunk. And oh he yeah, is, yeah. He is on another level, like slurring, like not walking in a normal fashion, and he ends up going into a church because he just needs confession. Yeah, help. He needed he needed answers to questions he already had in my mind when I saw that scene. Yep. He already knew what he wanted to do. He just wanted someone to confirm it. Yeah. I also exactly. think he's he, I also think he knows who's doing know it that but doesn't is? want to admit it. Doesn't want to admit it. Everybody drink. I think he wants to confess that he wants to do it, but he never does. He he's, never, he's close. He's he doesn't close. even say it to the priest, which is odd. He's, to me. Actually, no, he does. He says oh, the, they're doing all the things I mm-hmm. wish I could do. So, so he's, Smecker wow, okay. walks into a confessional and he's like, "I don't know how this works, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I'm, never, I'm not Catholic." Mm-hmm. And the priest, what we, what Smecker doesn't see is that the priest was followed into the confessional along with Rocco, who's holding a gun to his head. So, who was also followed by the brothers. Who's also being followed by the brothers. Exactly. So Rocco's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like do what you're supposed to do. You know, don't make him known that don't make it known that I'm here. And so to kind of like sum up this scene, basically. Smecker confesses to the uh-huh. to the priest that he is in the middle of a case and he feels bad because like he's supposed to be catching these criminals who have killed people, but he's killing people who are bad people. The priest more or less kind of justifies what's yeah. He's got a gun to his head. I think he'd say anything to get out of that situation. So he just kind of like justifies it, and he's like, you know, do whatever's in your heart, essentially. And eventually, Smacker's like, thanks for the good advice, and like leaves, stumbles. And so the um, the priest is like, get the can you get the fuck out of the church now? And the boys leave now. Exactly. Leave now. And the make like a make like a leaf and get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Connor goes up to your accents are on point. Connor goes up to Rocco. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? We told you that Smecker was untouchable. Mm -hmm. Like, leave him alone. Yep. And they're just kind of like slapping him around and be like, like, leave him alone. That's kind of all of this what this scene amounts to but it's important I, to see that smecker is really on the fence he's not really sure where he lies in the search for these vigilantes i think he know f- finds out when he leaves there though i think he figured it out i think yeah i think he makes his own assumptions we as an audience don't yet know what those assumptions are but he makes a direct decision has he done the fingerprinting yet because that's when he figures it out Oh, I don't remember when what? Oh, when when Smecker IDs the finger. Yeah, that's after. That's before the ch- priest. Before my bad. Before yeah, so he the finger that he found. That's how he knew it was an Italian Rocco. guy because Rocco's there. Oh, so okay, okay. Rocco. So I went at, back at this a bit. Point, I'm sorry. He'd already put together that Rocco was the guy yes. that came by, and Rocco. So was the finger, finger he found so. at the El du- Duce mm-hmm. number two, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the finger he found was Rocco's, scanned it, found out Rocco was the one that came and brought the clothes to them in the first prison scene. That's yep. how he figured out it was them. Then got in touch with them. Yep. Called them. Yep. And then now, for some reason, he heads to the retired blind guy who works in the bathroom. He's not mm-hmm. blind. Yeah. Um, And is somehow in getting information from this guy as if this guy is just a 
sketchy two-faced criminal. He's just working with the cops and working with the family. Well, yeah, he's retired. He doesn't um, work for anyone, does he? No, he, he doesn't. He doesn't belong to anybody. He's Green Goblin basically just asks him, like, why did you get this El Duce out of prison? And mm-hmm. who is he trying to kill? And they yep. said, Rocco, he's smart. Yep. So they think Rocco is super smart when it's not really him. And they're and, all kind of just dumb at what they're doing. And Smecker is, is better than everybody yeah. else. So he knows Keep that like that. Rocco is just maybe a part of it, but he's not the brains of the operation. And so after he talks to the janitor, he ends up going to where the boys are. Mm-hmm. So then we cut over and we see that Rocco, Connor, and Murphy are kind of kidnapped by the Italian mob, correct? Yeah, they were trying to break into That's right. the Italian mob's house. That's right, yeah. And they got captured. So now we get a lot of slow motion and flashback fade outs right here. So after I the boys are captured, they're put into a room by the Italian mob. And they the Italian mob is basically trying to figure out what the fuck to do with them. Mildly mm. interrogated, but not much. Yeah. Mm. They just don't beat know. up. Yeah, they're yeah. mostly just beat up. There's not really a whole lot of dialogue. No. Yeah. In most of these scenes, they don't I think do that's much. my biggest problem. Like, I wish there was a little bit more dialogue, but sometimes too much exposition is also dumb. So There's no investigation. I get it. There's no investigation. They're just trying to figure it out kind of on their own. Yeah. And so they end up, um, Yakavetta ends up going back into the room, and they've all determined that Rocco is really the mastermind of trying to get behind their to infiltrate the mob and like take out pieces of their family family exactly <laughs> so he goes back in he points the gun directly at rocco Familia. and he takes him out and it's kind of sad it's really sad like, i thought this part was really sad just see fucking Norman the emotion Reedus. through the brothers the slow motion <laughs> yeah the crying yeah it's um, really emotional and i feel like we don't get to see like men being sad for other men passing away unless it's a military movie. So I kind but of even then you don't cry because military. Yeah, they're are emotional. They're super emotional. This was their friend. Like they yeah. cared about this man mm-hmm. and they're expressing it how I think humans would express their emotions, not just men, but humans. Hmm. So I really appreciate this scene. Yeah. It might be a little long. It's a tad long. Tad long. But I well, it's, appreciate it's done in slow it motion. for what it is. Yes. I think that's important. It's very rare that we get to see men displaying any emotion that's not anger. So after that, Yakavetta gets out of the room. Um, the boys are emotional over the, the Rocco just dying. The other members are left there to kind of watch the house because El Duce knows that their job's not done. So he's not going to stop until... Well, there's more deaths. Yes. So everybody else is put in charge while Yakavetta leaves in his little fancy ass sports car. I thought it was weird that El Duce wouldn't just stop. I think it's maybe they should have said something like, oh, he's going to come to the house because we have them and he's supposed to kill them. So he's going to kill anyone who's in his way Mm. to kill those two people, even if it's the people who hired him. Mm. Which doesn't totally make sense, but whatever. How do you get paid if, like, you kill the person who is going to pay you? But anyway. He doesn't do it for the money. Oh, that's right. He just does it for the thrill of Mm -hmm. killing people. The thrill of it all. 
Um, so then, um, while all of this is happening, Connor and Murphy free themselves from their handcuffs, handcuffs, handcuffs. by breaking his wrist, and breaking it's all wrist. bad. It's yeah. very uh, violent, uh-huh. but they free themselves so that they can be ready when they return back into the room, which is shortly thereafter. They very like easily take out the two goons that come in to, I assume, take care of them. Yep, yes. rough them up. Yep. And they completely like get they, they, they get rid of those yeah. two people. I love them. Meanwhile, um, is this guy from The Sopranos? Because he I don't. Like he looks no. Uh, uh-uh. he no. just looks like anyone that's Italian and kind of looks Sorry. like John Favreau. He really did look like he was a cast member of The Sopranos. Oh, yeah. Anyway, th- there's one guy he's left to kind of guard the <laughs> I'm house. I'm not offended. And uh, the doorbell rings, and it's a lady call. A lady. <laughs> yeah. It's a blonde lady. It's a lady lady. caller. She turns around and it's William Um, But dressed as a lady caller. Which y'all thought about the South Park episode, right? Because this is when I immediately started thinking about that South Park episode. (laughs) And then I was like, wait, is that South Park episode Boondock Saints? And then I had a whole like spiral. Is is that episode about South Park based on Boondock Saints? Which one? I really need to know this. You know where the cop dresses up oh, and like, like remember he is like the in yes. South Park the cop has like sex with them yes. and stuff and like everyone has to listen into it. On yeah, the, like, no, it does look like, like him. what's yeah. going on. Maybe and they then they arrest this. him. He's like, stick him up. St- yeah, after the fact, he acts like a like like a prostitute. Yeah, sleeps with the men. And then says, stick him up. You're arrested for having sex with a prostitute. And, oh, my God. He's a cop. Looks I just swear like to God. No, I, I the relation God, is that uncanny. Whole, that whole thing is based on William Defoe's. Yes. Uh, wait, wait, who? Willem Defoe. Um, I think it's his whole portrayal in this movie. Yes. We'll have to circle back to that right. at some later mm-hmm. time. But anyway, he, he he shows up at the door as, yeah. a, as a lady color. And like the Hits guy's the like, Italian ooh, guy. like I didn't know you were coming. And like, who called this bitch? Yeah, <laughs> who called her? Who called her? Would you who know called that this was you? a setup? What if she was a female mob person? Hitman, a hitman. Like this guy's an idiot. So mm-hmm. he lets him in the house because he's horny. Yep. Who's horny yes. and also like worried about their survival? Oh, I don't know. This is like, really weird. Like, there's someone that's gonna come kill me, but uh, yeah, I have time. That is 100% what happens. That is exactly (laughs) the epitome of that scene. I got time. I got time for that. Um, So he He invites her inside. Surprise. It's it's fucking smacker. Yes. In a costume. Mm -hmm. So he smokes the dude. Uh, yeah. Very quickly, shoot him. Take take that as you will. And if you don't, if you don't, <laughs> if you didn't notice in this scene, he's he ends up killing him with a silenced pistol, just oh, like the boys. Just like the boys. Also, did. because he's not doing police work. Yes, obviously. But I'm saying he okay, does. Obviously, Mister Obvious over there. Yes, Captain Mr. Obvious, Mister Hindsight. Yeah, Mister Hindsight. <laughs> Whatever. <clears throat> and just when you think things might be closing in on. Our boys, yes. Connor and Murphy. They're about to die. Well, yes, they are sending Rocco through safe packet passage. The coins are on the eyes. They are saying the prayer, which was told to them by their father, as we found out much earlier in the movie. Mm-hmm. And who walks in but number two, 
ready to finish the job. No pun intended. Yeah, no pun intended there by (laughs) finishing the job. And here's the prayer. Yep. And uh, love that prayer. Thank you. Very casually puts his um, guns away. Yeah. Holsters them. They turn around, point their guns at him because they hear something. Well, he's reciting the rest of the poem. Prayer. Yeah, the rest of the prayer. And something that I don't think we mentioned at all is that this prayer is specific to their family. So it's not like anybody would know it. You're supposed to be part of the family. Mm -hmm. So this is the the point that the first time I watched this movie, I completely graced over this and I didn't understand the significance of this. So I was like, I don't I didn't really understand what happened to get to the next point. But this time, Jerry made it more abundantly clear when it was coming up. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh. You were ready for it. Oh. And I didn't understand the complexity of this scene. Okay, yeah. At first, you you didn't know how he knew a, what the prayer they were saying has yes. anything to do with them. Yeah, I, yeah. Didn't, I didn't pick up on that part because I think I either just missed that line or I had forgotten it by mm-hmm. that point. But um, what we come to know, like, as an audience member is that basically El Duce is part of their family. Not only is he part of their family, it's their father. Yep, Mm -hmm. their father from Ireland, right? That they supposedly Mm -hmm. don't know, don't have communication with. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, full, super full circle. And at that moment of them meeting each (laughs) other, they decide they need to team up. And who else do they team up with besides Willem Dafoe? Dafoe. They team up with Green... The cop, Green... Greenlee? Greenlee. Greenlee Greenlee helps them also, if you didn't know that. I did not know In the scene, he he opens the... He's the one who transports El Duce, Connor, and Murphy. Yeah. And where are they going, guys? Courthouse. Going to the courthouse. So this is three months later, we flash forward to, and Mm -hmm. we're at Yacoveta's trial. Yep. And we see the three guys coming in, Connor, Murphy, and El Duce. Yep. And they're coming into the courthouse, approaching his trial yep. room. Through through a side door, which was opened by Willem Dafoe and uh, Greenland. Greenlee? Greenlee. 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 Greenleaf, Greenland. Greenleaf. And basically they move Greenland. all of the innocent bystanders, all the people watching, the people part of but the But they trial. keep the cameras on. They keep the cameras on. And they move everyone aside, even the judge. So that they can enact what they believe mm-hmm. it the to be rights. justice. Yep. They literally say, you people have been chosen That's to watch right. this. And I thought this scene was pretty eye-opening. I don't think these people needed to witness this. No, I think it's really um, I think it's fine that he dies. Very. Yeah. Um, I'm cool with him dying. It's but very you could just let everyone leave the room and do it. Don't need to do it in front of all these innocent bystanders. They need an audience to get their message across. That's what it yes. is. But they don't need the audience because, again, the his dad tells on. their dad tells his daughter to watch this. She's crying. That's his daughter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like, you need to watch this. It'll all be over soon. Like right in front of her. It's really odd. There's also another cop who I don't remember his name. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of them that I wrote down. I just Franklin. Don't, I, yeah. Thank okay. you. Is it Dolly? Is his last name Dolly? Something like Franklin that. Franklin the Turtle, he said. <laughs> um, but there's another cop that was kind of in on it, and he pulls the fire alarm to get everybody else out of the building. And basically, they say their prayer, and they take out Yakavetta. Yeah. They sit there, and they... And this is the first time you hear them fully say the prayer with 
to Padre. Yes. You know? <laughs> that is true. Yes. And then the movie pretty much after this, the movie pretty much wraps with just um, I did. We didn't mention it before, but there's been news reports that we've been seeing periodically of uh, them reporting on the goings on of this whole murder mm-hmm. spree. So now at the end of the movie, we kind of wrap up with the general public's opinions in, in Boston of what these boys were doing and whether they were on the right side or on the wrong side whether they are saviors of the city or no better than the criminals that they are unaliving and we get a lot of really mixed opinions we get opinions from every different kind of race every pe- um, every person every type of like you know kind of like working class um so we it's get an interesting kind of an way to end the movie the because it opens it for a massive discussion everyone can think their own way out of this movie and just the amount of controversy surrounded by the movie but also the fact that it was pulled from theaters a week or five weeks after it was released because mm-hmm. the columbine massacre happened yeah which i think is important to mention because something that that the columbine shooters did is they wore these like matching trench coats yes and that's a big part of like yeah it makes sense to not put it as far as like uh like how it looks like the aesthetics of the movie this was perceived to be too close to home which is why it was pulled from theaters it makes sense at that time like i wouldn't have wanted to watch a movie like this at that time because it would have been too real it would have felt too yeah, no, if I was in, if I was there, I wouldn't have want to watch this. No, movie it either. did horribly in the theaters. It was pulled. It was only in five theaters because of the horrible production surrounding it. Yeah. So not only was it not kind of, you know, um, countrywide. Yeah. It was only in five theaters. It got pulled. It had a lot of marketing issues. It had a lot of problems during production. There's a theory that Duffy. Duffy. Yeah. Troy Duffy. Says. That he thinks that Weinstein blacklisted his movie. He who shall not be named. And he, yes, him. I don't think it's a theory. I think he did. Um, he did blacklist it, I he think. He did blacklist it. And him, that's yeah. the reason why it never got promotion or sponsors. Yep. I love this movie. I really think it's a great movie. I have a tattoo from this movie. Uh, my brother has the other tattoo. You have one now on your hand because you just wrote it. I do. Um, yeah. Which is awesome. It's permanent. Th- this movie, to me, I really like. Again, Portia said earlier, I love justice movies. Yeah, but it does bring it up a, it, exactly. It, there's that. a lot of interesting yeah. discussion around it because, yes. like you said, he who shall not be named blacklisted did all these things about it. It wasn't marketed at all. The theatrical poster that was released for the U.S. market market is notoriously horrible, and it doesn't show. It doesn't give you an insight into the movie. Mm-hmm. The one in Japan, in fact promoted William sorry Willem thank you it promoted him more than the main characters in fact they are on the left and right of the poster very small and it's again William Willem his face is in the center of the poster huge wow and it just says the Boondock Saints. So it doesn't tell you anything, okay. you know, what you're watching, but you think you're just watching a Defoe movie. That actually mm. makes a lot of sense because now that I think about it, it's, I thought like, I have never, it's not that I never heard of this movie, but I didn't hear about it until after the fact. Oh like, no, I didn't either. As I yeah. was getting into being like 
uh, cinephile. I, I, I was like studying movies more. People were like, oh, have you ever heard of Boondock Saints? But yeah. I have no recollection of hearing this in 99. And I think that's important no. because Fight Club, which I didn't see until I was like 18. So I didn't see it until 10 years after the movie had been out. But that movie, I remember yeah. those advertisements. Mm-hmm. I remember the billboards. I remember the so trailer. I. Yeah. I remember everything about that movie because it came out in like 97 or 98. Mm. But 99, nothing about violence. Really. No, I think like Jerry pointed those out, I, I wouldn't be surprised really if, low. and forgive me if I'm wrong, or correct me if I'm wrong, Jerry probably heard about it of word of mouth from other person like I did. Yes. Someone said yeah. to me, blah 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 have you seen this movie and i said oh my gosh no like what is it and they said oh my god you have to see it mm-hmm. and my first thought was when did it come out in theaters i would have heard about it exactly and we never did no nope. did you watch this after the fact too or did you watch i it? watched it when i was in high school Do you know when okay. you watched whenever, it though? whenever it, maybe okay. whenever someone brought it up it might have been beginning okay, of so high it would have been after grade. the fact but it been eighth grade which was obviously way after the fact the movie came yeah. out but yes yeah, I, never, see, I didn't even hear about it until. through being played on like retro screens or anything. It was just yeah. friends. It also got critically bashed as well, which didn't help the movie at all. It was called like a hipster crime movie. It was called mm. a Tarantino wannabe. There were a lot of negative comments made about this, which would then like, why would you, you know, I, I like to make my own opinions about yes. movies. I don't take yeah. the critics reviews, but why would you watch a movie that is rated so badly that it's called a Tarantino ripoff, you know? Yeah, yeah. true. Why would you want to watch it? No, from that perspective, if you're a I'm already lover, you I'm like a watch not well, I mean, it, that doesn't matter. Like, even if you like movies, why would you go to a blockbuster and pick this one out over that one based on the horrible reviews True. that you may or may not have read? Yeah. But so, it gained a, you know, it resonated with audiences and gained a great kind of cult, cult following, following and um, home release uh benefit yeah no it made more money after the fact i was watching some documentaries Mm -hmm. about it it made more money after years after it came out when the surge of the cult following started happening much like showgirls which ultimately made their money back through home video and like home movie Uh purchasing there's a lot of deeper meaning in this movie and i really liked it if i were to give it yeah um well wait anything what do you want to what's our rating scale everyone gets to pick like a fun object or thing from the movie what's your thing um how many shillelaghs <laughs> how many fairies I don't know, how many I pennies like, the, like how many william defoe breakdowns how many silencers hmm? how many blackouts <laughs> how many <laughs> fade to black do you give this that's probably uh, the best one yeah how many fade to blacks there's so many fade to blacks in this movie um, are we ten? We're ten, right? Ten. We're doing we out of ten. ten. We're doing 10. fade okay. to blacks. Sure, that was all this movie was. It was a lot of fade to blacks. Um, not to say I don't love it because I do. I love this movie. I'm gonna give it a nine. It's one of my favorite. movies. Jesus Christ! Okay. Yeah, this Beautiful. is one of my favorite movies. In nomine party. Okay. Um, I think that the fade to blacks totally remind me of PowerPoint presentations from high school, and I think that's kind of relatable. Maybe I'm into it in a nostalgic kind of way. I would say I'm going to give this a solid. Huh? Oh, I heard you. Uh, five slow motion fade to blacks. Oh, wow. Oh, all right. Why, why not more? Like, why five? <sighs> okay, because I think 
again, as I always say, that we now watch everything with a more analytical eye. Yeah. I think that's changed my review and my opinion on this. Copy. Not that I don't think it's a well-constructed movie for the amount of problems that it went through. Yeah. And it's a movie about perception. I think like nowadays, like right now, right now, gun violence in America and everything that we don't need to talk about right now makes me give it a lower rating. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a different time. Yeah. Art from artist is what I say. I think it's also fair I like to like opinion. grade it at the point that you're in right now because yeah. that rating would have changed. Totally, that's what I'm saying. Oh my yeah, god, 120 time, years ago, time. I would have said this is my favorite movie. Yeah, yeah, you still know? is one of my favorite movies. It just brings back, I think, for me, nostalgia makes me rate higher. So nostalgic feelings. Make I think I respect that. I feel like I'm super biased because the reason I watched this movie is because it's one of Jerry's favorite movies, mm-hmm. and I watched it like. Like only like maybe five or six years ago, like it wasn't that. So you haven't seen as as frequently as Jerry and I have. And I and I watched it because I knew it was Jerry's favorite movie. So that means no matter what, I I was on. I wanted to like it because I knew how much you liked it. Yes. And we've talked about this. I don't like this movie. I'm sorry. And that's okay. Um, There's nothing about it that to me is interesting. Mm. I and that's just. That's just it's like not your bag, raw. baby. It's not my bag. But I had to watch it for this podcast. And I'm not going to lie to be to be honest, to be honest, I've changed perspective as we've talked about it. And I have a better perspective about the movie. And I even realized more things that I liked about it that I didn't realize I necessarily liked about it before this podcast. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Um, will I ever pick up this movie on my own? No, but I'm not against watching it. Would watch it again. And Do you not, want to watch the sequel? I, I wouldn't watch the next. I wouldn't watch it again and be like, oh, I might be like, oh, maybe I'll learn something I didn't learn before. Mm. And no, I don't want to watch the sequels, but I feel like you're, you're going to have to make me anyway. So it yeah. doesn't matter. So my end of the day rating. I'm sorry that was so long winded. Just for reference, we're, Jerry and I are both holding up a finger count of what we think Porsche's yes. rating is going to be, and we're dying of anticipation. Because we're on a 10-point scale, I am going to move my pick to four. That's it's respectable. Not, I don't feel like middle Nothing of the road is about, fair. But it's I feel good. like if I gave it middle of the road, then I would be like, A, copying Daniel, and then B, I'd be like, I'm giving it a better rating because I don't I'm want you to <laughs> Like, I don't want, you to I don't want sympathy points. But I don't want to give you sympathy points. As yeah, no, it's fine. It's not like I'm going to go cry yeah. after the podcast, right, guys? <laughs> but yeah, like, no. it's just, it doesn't do, it doesn't quite, it doesn't, it doesn't ring your bell. It's fine. It's totally it good. It all the notes that I need. No. Like, John Wick will watch that over and over again. I genuinely mean, I mm. really like those movies. Yes. And I'm not a revenge movie lady, but I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Sign me up for all of them. Yeah. And this just doesn't hit me quite like that. And I'm not quite sure why that is because I think these characters have more pure intentions. I think this is from a movie watching standpoint. I don't think it's a good movie. Understood. It was an independent film, low budget. Correct. So, yeah. I feel like the pacing's weird. In fact, I do, I do sorry, wanna, yeah, just no, to ahead. keep hawking on about stuff like that. Miramax gave it like a $50 million budget. Yeah. And then when they went through all the kind of rigmarole of Duffy 
air quotation being difficult to work with not wanting to work with the actors that miramax wanted at the time the people that were in demand it dropped the budget to i think 15 million then they got what they got for that money and a lot of the the, a lot of the money went to um like the practical effects the dumpster burning scene all of those all of those things that you don't like the Ah, the kind of blowing up and ballistics and all of that that's what a lot of the money was spent on it wasn't necessarily salary. It wasn't visual effects. Yeah. It was all... So maybe they didn't even have the money to make the scenes that would link things together. But he did to a creative. Like, yeah. He did a good Less job creatively with what he had to work with. Yes, with the money and the budget he had. Yes. Well, guys, I appreciate you sitting and listening with us today. I did love this movie. And I'm really glad that I got to watch it here with my best friends. I'm glad that we got to cover it because honestly, this isn't a movie that I see reviewed a lot. Yeah. In right. general, in internet media. So like even cool. being a cult classic, I hope this yeah. makes other people go out and watch it because I think it's worth watching. And on another note, you know who has the next pick? Uh Pete? you it's me. Don't tell me. I know always know what mm-hmm. you did last summer. I still know what you did last summer. Oh my god, you no, wish! I no, don't. We Showgirls don't do too. We don't. We don't, we don't know how to do a time. series back to back. No, we can't. Me? Yeah. So, um, can I get a little like fanfare, like yeah. drum roll? Drum roll. Here we go. My pick is the Parent Trap. Yeah. Um, nineteen ninety eight to be specific. We're not watching the original. Lindsay Lohan. We're watching the Lindsay Lohan. Version. Yes, we I've are. I've seen the original. It's just not as fun. No, so we're not watching that one. We grew up. <laughs> we grew up on that trap. one. So, so uh, make sure to come up, come back here next week yep. for the Parent Trap. Parent Trap. Jerry baby. and Porsche's address will be below. Yep. <laughs> Uh, but you we're the Cinema Sit Down. You can follow us on all the links that are in the description below. That's I'm it. Portia Laurie. You can follow me on YouTube and Instagram and things like that. And I'm mm-hmm. Jerry Joseph. You can follow me. All my stuff's all linked below too. And uh, subscribe to us. Uh, follow us and share. I'm trying to get more uh, followers. I do appreciate all our listeners out there. Thank you. I do too. Yes. And I've been Connor Murphy. And uh, <laughs> you can follow me below. <laughs> That's I'm allowed our, that's to our do new that. podcaster. Yeah. I feel like this sounds more like Murphy than Connor, but whatever. Thank you. This is for a different day. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thank Love you, you all. Um, if they kill Daryl, we riot. Yes. Whoa. <laughs> if they kill Murphy, we riot. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for stopping by, guys. Bye. Bye.